0: You're listening to episode 208 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. It's work. Re- hey, what
1: <laughs> what are you doing? The show's starting. With You're not going to make it. What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I guess. Like, okay. Yeah. No, get on the... Really? Wow. Wow. That's geez. Your mom too. Ooh, that's, that's
0: mm-hmm. rough.
1: That's really bad, bro. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to get on without you, but I, I, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, we've got six comic book reviews this week and I don't know. It's a, a wallop of a news item you're going to miss, but I guess we'll have to get on without you.
2: Who is this? Canadian Wolverine. Okay.
1: I'll, uh, I'll let the guys know. Um, hopefully, I'll see you next week. Oh, last week killed you. So, you're on a, a two-week. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I love you, too. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Dad. Hey, love you. Bye. Bye. Um, uh, guys, I've got bad news. What's that? What's up? Jokes can't come to the show this week. <laughs> uh jokes got covid can you believe that this (laughs) this long and they caught it last week Mm. i guess last week was just too much and jokes can't can't jokes can't be on the show i don't Mm. know if you heard jokes mom got it
2: too and you have to isolate you mentioned something
0: wild yeah wild. you know um i actually listened to the show and uh, I understand why, because the show last week literally went in the toilet. And hmm. I wouldn't know anything about that. No. <laughs> and uh, I guess, yeah, I guess that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens when I'm not around. Thankfully, I have made my return this week. Um, and, uh, well, Phil knew what was good for him, so he got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: True story, I- though. They are finding COVID in sewage water. That's true, <laughs> and it, apparently, it's how a lot of people are getting contaminated—is in sewage water. That's true.
2: They're, what they're bathing in it? Like, I don't know, man. You-
1: what do you do with sewage water? Oh my god!
2: <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it's a good question. Wait, I thought so, Sean. I thought you were gonna say because last week the show was a joke, and because it had to bear that on its shoulders, it wasn't able to to come to this episode.
0: Yeah, it got COVID. It that. Yeah, I mean I, I that yeah, that's the long way around to what I wanted to do, which was, you know, joke about flush down the jam. Um No jokes this week. We we actually last week <laughs> flushed down this podcast. And uh you know That's so funny. Never a good idea. Well, hey, you know. You said no jokes this week, right?
2: 'Cause they weren't there last week either.
1: Sean, I wasn't talking to you. Marco, that wasn't funny.
2: <laughs> oh, oh.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I feel I feel uh spared. Uh well, when do we get to the reviews. <laughs> Speaking of the reviews, uh Kale did say on the phone with jokes, I guess, that uh we have six reviews and that is the case. This week is major. We've got six big reviews. And so we're going to do things a little bit differently today. You know, normally we'd have a meaty uh, news section for you guys where we're going to cut out all the fat. And we are going to talk to you about six books. We've got Hellions, number five. We've got New Mutants 13. Cable, number five. Dark Knights, Death Metal, number four. Strange Adventures, number six. And... The highly anticipated, hotly debated Rorschach number one. All those books we're going to be reviewing today. So strap in pals and pals because we've got a lot coming your way today. You know, like, you know, you might say boys and girls.
1: Pals and pals?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm a pal and Marco's a pal?
0: No, like you guys, right? And then the pals at home. And then use
2: guys. Uh, oh, yeah. use guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. See, you guys get it. Use guys get it.
1: Uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all understand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel good. You know, week off, uh, week away from the, you know, the the uh, the attempts at jokes. Which you
1: know? uh, which wrestlethon did you go to this time?
0: Wrestle Fun. Well, you see, the issue is that if I attended a wrestling event, I'd be the one with COVID, and so I didn't do that. Oh, um, yeah, and and actually, there are no wrestling shows to go to because you know we're not allowed. That's
1: it. Uh, that's the only time you've ever missed the show ever is if you've gone to a wrestling event. So I just assumed that you were going to brave it. And
0: well, you know, uh, I I I I I go I go places. You know, I do some things. Um yeah, I went to uh, went to Atlantic City once, twice this year. It's three times, during, times a lady during COVID, actually. Oh during God! Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put my life on the line. I'm From still what? here.
1: What's in Atlantic City? Um, everything. I'm genuinely asking. This isn't like, a joke.
0: Like, because you've never been there before, you're wondering post-COVID what's there. Both okay, so for those of you who are unfamiliar Atlantic City is a um, it's a Vegas knockoff in <laughs> the New York knockoff which is New Jersey uh, so you know what's there what's in Vegas but worse like just picture what everything that Vegas has but the lower rent version and I'm sorry to anyone who lives or loves Atlantic City. I'm telling you the truth right now. Um, It's cool, all right? Don't get me wrong. It's all right. You know, I don't have a bad time being there. But if you like, I don't know, uh, shows, right? Let's say you love shows. And when you go to Vegas, you like to catch a show. Maybe you wanted to see the residency of Britney Spears, okay? Well, Atlantic City doesn't have Britney Spears, but... I do have Britney (laughs) Beers. <laughs> they have, what they have is a street performer who, on their best night, sounds nothing like Britney Spears, but <laughs> will do toxic live. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, and it's free. So that's cool. Free show. All right. Yeah. Decent. Um. So, yeah. That's that's what I do, you know, like to go to Atlantic City sometimes. Um, just get away a little bit. It's safe. It feels kind of safe, but, you know, to each their own. Don't judge me. If you feel like you want to write into us at the at gmail.com by crapping on me for my life choices, don't bother. We do not fact check on this show. <laughs> well, listen, we try. Uh, Speaking of reaching out to us, you can do so the aforementioned way, writing our email. Uh, You can also catch us on social media at The Comics Pals. If you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate it very much. Make sure that you guys are subscribing. Even if you're not watching on YouTube right now, make sure you you guys are subscribing. Uh, It helps us out a lot. Um, Share this video with your friends. Leave us a like. Drop us a comment. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Join our Discord server to come hang out with us and talk about all manner of things. In fact, this week, the Discord was bumping lots of conversation about DC's big announcement, the future state event that is coming that looks like 5G, sounds like 5G, but it's not quite 5G. It's probably Mm. a duck. Are you, are you sure that was the
2: conversation? Because I feel like there was a lot about Letter Kenny mixed into there. Uh, that, that was too. the difference, right? <laughs> <That was> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: I have no idea what that is.
2: Oh, great, great show. Canadian television. Excellent.
0: The only Canadian TV shows I've ever watched, and this is not a joke, are- I know what you're going to say. No jokes. Right. Uh, Degrassi. I knew it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. The <laughs> Grassi and Goosebumps. Of course. That was Canadian? Dude, you can totally tell. Go back and watch Goosebumps. They have it on Netflix. Every person on that show is Canadian. It has to huh. be. Huh. Yeah.
2: Well, this is a good show.
0: Oh. No, Goosebumps was, what? Goosebumps was great. What are you
2: saying, what are you saying about Degrassi? Yeah. Oh, I, like Degrassi. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to debase Degrassi. That's, yeah, that's you it's goddamn own. goddamn right you're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying you don't like Degrassi?
2: No, I, I, I've i never seen it, but I know everybody speaks highly of
0: it. You did not like Goosebumps?
2: Uh, I feel like I remember watching some of it and I was just like, man, it's all right.
0: Are You Afraid oh. of the Dark was better.
2: I, I did like it. Are You Afraid of the Dark.
0: Hold on. Go watch Stay Out of the Basement. That episode. I love that book. That all right? You like the book? You like the the, the show? You <laughs> like the episode? Come on, what are we doing?
2: <laughs> the, Yo, that one, and then the thing. What is it? The thing under the sink, or something?
1: The uh, the mask ones were the scariest to me.
0: Mm. I used to love those choose your own adventure ones that they had. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, I used to cheat. I hate. I I didn't like to cheat at them, but it's too scary. To, you got to know what's gonna happen. No, I mean, like, if I got an ending I didn't like, I would just go back <laughs> and just do it again, you know? Um, that was fun. I, I want I want choose-your-own-adventure comics, but then when they do them, I don't buy them. <laughs> like, I know... Um, I forgot Sounds like I, you don't what, want them that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, right? I think Marvel did one uh, not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we talked about it on the show. We too. did. It was a, it was a Deadpool thing or something or other. I remember, and like uh, it was cool. It was cool. I wanted it. Came out. Didn't buy it. What, you know, what Can I tell you? Um, <laughs> we don't have choose your own adventure books, but we do have book clubs, and we've got one coming out here uh, in a couple of weeks. I think. Yeah. um we've got the sandman book club on the horizon so hopefully you guys will give that a shot of course this is neil gaiman's classic run we hit the start of that issues one through 16 yep. um that was really really good stuff uh little spooky little uh little, little spooky. yeah little classic horror for you guys it's a lot more than horror but uh You know it's October, so I have to shout out the horror element, of course. Well, yeah, Um, yeah. teeth—all about the teeth. Mm, Yeah, Mm, teeth. Marco, Mm, uh, oh my god, (laughs) Marco, why don't you hit us with a horror recommendation—a book that you feel like you haven't shouted out in a little while? Just something horror for the guys and girls guys and gals listening uh maybe they can pick it up if they're interested
2: uh there's a new harrow county like compendium or something coming out or like 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 a large collection i think in the next week or so if it hasn't already but Mm. it's it's definitely coming out soon so that's uh right up my alley i love that book go pick that one up
1: i that's that's what i was gonna say is uh the first four volumes are on um Comicsology Unlimited, and I started them this week, and they are tremendous.
2: Yes, Cullen Bunn, Tyler Crook, very good.
0: In preparation for our Tyler Tyler Crook interview, I I read the first, I think it was the first two volumes, mm-hmm. and boy, was that great! It was it was awesome. So uh, that's our that's our horror book for the week, I guess. Go check that out. Um, you will not regret it, I don't think. I've I've never personally been a fan of Cullen Bunn's when his when he was doing his Marvel stuff. I didn't love any of that. But this was awesome. You could tell he was in his element, so I highly recommend it.
2: Yeah. But in his uh when he's doing horror, that's his jam. Like like any horror book that he writes out, I try to pick up because I know it's it's where he sort of lives for that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely what else do you know what else he he has horror uh, wise.
2: Horror wise he has um, a few things on from image that I'm blanking on the name there's one that I a uh, bone parish is one uh, that's a boom book I think uh I know him from Wolf Moon who he did with uh art the artist is something hurt Brian hurt maybe um what he hurt? Uh, who knows uh but and then he has a self-published book called metro as well that's like a crime noir horror thing um there's a bunch more that i'm sort of blanking (laughs) on but uh he has a really good selection and and anything that he touches on that's scary you should probably pick up
0: all right good okay hopefully uh some of you listening go check that out because it's worth your time
2: and uh, just on that omnibus, so the Volume One collection is actually coming out next year, so January nineteenth, twenty twenty-one. It was just announced recently, okay. but it's coming out next
0: year. And that collects everything.
2: That collects everything through. Uh, it's a Volume One of two, so I'm oh. assuming in like half the the half the run. It's about thirty four issues in total. So yeah,
1: I think nine volumes on Comicsology.
2: Maybe yeah.
0: Cool. Let's uh let's get into the pals polls. Feels like a good time to do this. Uh Kale, you recommend Chainsaw Man number ninety. Can you tell the people about Chainsaw Man? You've been going berserk talking about this book. Why don't you explain it again? How you got into this, how many issues you read in one sitting, and why you're excited for number ninety.
1: Yeah, I never heard this. I got.
0: <laughs>
1: this will be the this will be the last one, I promise, uh, because the weekly format has worn me down and uh, the the excitement has dropped now because I have to wait. Uh, <laughs> I got Harris into it. Harris read it in two days or something. Uh, so hell yeah, uh, Chainsaw Man is uh, uh, a manga that you can get on Shonen Jump, easily worth the two bucks a month. Um, it's about a demon hunter that turns into a, a chainsaw man. Guy's got a chainsaw for a face. He's got chainsaws on, a, on his arms and legs. Yeah. It's... Oh, it's good. Um, it's Men in Black meets like Junji Ito level horror pumped full of Mountain Dew and Four loco.
0: What um? <laughs> what flavor of Mountain Dew?
1: Ooh. I, I think this is the orange one. Is it high voltage? I think it's the orange one. I was going to say code red, but it's just a little bit different. There's some really good levity um and really good flavor in it that when that flavor hits, ooh, it pops, baby.
0: Uh so I don't know who actually makes Mountain Dew, but if you do, if you know who it is, submit that. Submit that thirty-second clip right there, because we're looking to get sponsored. And listen, we need that Mountain Dew money. Man, I'll take, you, you know, you know that, you know that, like Kroger's, like whatever the Kroger's, um, you know, non-branded drink is. <laughs> like Ga- gamer market. spittle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> whoa, whoa! You can't, you can't knock that stuff. That's good. I'm not That's knocking right. it. I, I get my cereal from that. I get the the Mills brand cereals. The Frosted Flake that's like actually a polar bear.
0: That's crazy. Um but I'm not knocking it. I'm simply saying I'll take their money, you know? <laughs> oh and a, it yeah, turns a,
2: out it turns out it's PepsiCo.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. sense.
0: Oh, okay. They're probably
1: looking for sponsors.
2: Yeah. I, I really thought you were gonna put that as a blurb on like the back of a book. Like Kale Ward of the Comics Pals.
1: Put it on the, put
2: that Mountain Dew
1: bit on the back of a bottle. <laughs> Ooh, when that flavor hits, it drops.
0: <laughs> Mountain <laughs> Dew, high voltage. There you go. Uh, I want to be sponsored by Baja Blast. That's the Mountain Dew flavor that speaks to me. You're not, a, you're not Baja Blast level. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. Um. So okay, chainsaw man. Uh do you have anything else to say about this book? It's tremendous. Keep
1: reading. Cool. I it's got to be near the end. Uh because I, got it. I listen, I don't know how they're getting out of this one for real. I don't know where they're going. I don't know how they can pick up after this. It's got to be nearing its end. And this guy is the the author his last big series uh was called Fire Punch. It only had 8 volumes. So I think, um, or eight, you know, eight chapters. Uh, so I think like this has gotta be, I don't know if this is his first long form big thing, Oh. but the way this is being written, like I said, I have no, I don't, I cannot figure out how they're going to get out of it. So it's gotta be, it's gotta
2: be ending. Tatsuki Fujimoto. Yeah. Huh? Okay.
0: So, this week, I chose uh, X-Men 13. Now, uh, we are several issues into Ten of Swords, um, and uh, we haven't really heard from Jonathan Hickman. He did the the first, you know, sort of introductory issue, but this will be his first turn at that as far as um, you know, the weekly you know, grind of it. Uh, so X-Men 13 will pick up the story. Um, and I'm excited to see what he has to say. Um, speaks to one of my issues with the event so far. I just kind of really want Hickman's voice more. Um, and Teenie Howard. Like if it was just those two passing it off, I think I'd be a lot happier right now. We'll get into that more, of course, during the reviews, but I'm excited for Hickman's contribution to come. Uh, And then I also chose the scumbag number one. Now, I love Rick Remender. What? Uh, I I know. It's crazy. We've Hmm. always talked about my shrine to Morrison, and that shrine exists. Believe you me. But adjacent (laughs) to that shrine. Is a growing Slight, shrine. Slightly like, smaller. Slightly, slightly. Growing. And if things keep going the way they're going, it may very well eclipse the shrine to Grant Morrison one day. Gun to your
1: head. You have to pick a Grant Morrison or a Rick Remender. And you, you, can, only, you can only pick one. And it, like, it doesn't matter which Grant Morrison or Rick Remender... Whatever's in your head. Is it GMO or is it Recommender? Gun to your head.
0: Oh, it's 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 Batman. Grant Morrison Batman. Hmm. I you know, I have to. Now, if you give me a few years, might change my mind. But that book had such a profound impact on me, uh, it's hard to explain. It almost doesn't even make sense how how that book changed me as a person. Um which is very inspiring. But uh Rick Remender has written a lot of things that I love, a lot of books that really uh impacted me in the 2010s. And I'm I have a feeling the scumbag is gonna be a big hit. It's already uh one of the, the best selling books ever at image. Um damn. Yeah, so this is uh obviously Remender, Luis La Rosa, and Moreno Denisio. That's the creative team. It looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. It's about a dude, like a kind of a, a, a scumbag, let's keep it real, uh, <laughs> who is the last guy who's going to be able to save the world um after things go to absolute hell. So, um yeah, I'm 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 excited. Now, Before we get into the mass of reviews that we talked about, the six reviews, we have to talk about DC blowing the doors off of Future State. We covered the long-rumored 5G event uh, we talked a lot about what that was supposed to be. We talked about Dan Didio and his alleged involvement in, in what that was going to be. We talked about the huge poster that he had that that showed off, you know, um, what the future of DC was going to be and what the history of DC was. They were trying to nail everything down. And then Dan Didio got canned. And we didn't know what was going to come next. and. DC has denied, denied, denied 5G, even though it absolutely existed. They printed about it in Doomsday Clock. We saw glimpses of it. And the question was, what happens next? Are they going to use this stuff or not? And now we have our answer. Uh, Future State is nothing if not a repackaged, repurposed 5G. That's I, I would say that's indisputable. Um, but how they're going to use it is definitely different than what was initially proposed by Didio. Uh, so we'll start by talking about the actual 5G announcement and what what we can expect. And I have to say, they did break out the Brinks truck to uh, bring some of the top creators in the industry into this event. So um here's here's the here's the announcement from, from DC. <clears throat> DC is starting 2021 off with a bang, giving fans a glimpse into futures both near and far, full of current and new characters, as the publisher announced today. Plans for DC Future State, a two-month line-wide event beginning in January. Through February 2021, the full title lineup will feature a combination of monthly and twice-monthly oversized anthologies, as well as a monthly schedule of miniseries and one-shots. And then it continues on to explain more and more of of what it is. Um, This is basically, we've seen a lot of this type of thing before. Jumping into the future of DC or Marvel to say, hey, uh, you know, Batman's going to die and someone else will be Batman. But, But wait, Batman's not really dead. He's some other guy now. Uh, you know, all that kind of jazz. Um we've got Mariko Tamaki, Bendis, Gene Lewin Yang, Joel Jones, Joshua Williamson, Nicholas Scott, uh John Ridley. We're finally getting the John Ridley Batman. That was long rumored. That's finally coming. Um, we've got uh just the who's who of comic book creators uh that will be working on this. Uh of course Tinian's involved, you know, so many different people. So from from Batman, uh, we've got Future State, the next Batman, and that's going to be a four-part uh, uh, event. So that's by John Ridley with Nick Darrington and Laura Braga. Already, Ooh. that is a that is a crazy
2: <sighs> nice team.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Nick Darrington that could sell me.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, so good. Um, and so this is actually the story. That we heard about for a while. Where Luke Fox. uh, Will be Batman. Oh. Yeah. So that should be kind of cool. And then how they're doing it is. This will be an oversized book. Where there will be several stories. Within the one. um, Within the one comic. So. uh, That will be the creative team. For the next Batman story. But then in addition. We've got Outsiders. By Brandon Thomas and Sumit Kumar. Arkham Knights by Paul Jenkins and Jack Herbert, Batgirls by Vita Ayala and Aneki, and Gotham City Sirens by Paula Sevenbergen and Emanuela Lupacino. What do you guys think about that format of doing, you know, one big book that has several stories in it, kind of like the Walmart thing that DC has been doing?
2: Yeah. I I like it. I think it gives you more bang for your buck. Uh, depend. They don't necessarily detail like the cost, but I'm assuming it's going to be like seven plus or something. Um, especially well, if it's like an oversized book. I was just
1: I was just scrolling through the the thing, and the only cost I've seen is uh way way down. I think on Justice League, uh, and it was five ninety nine.
2: Oh, I mean, but if, I, if I, I don't know if that's.
1: What it's going to be like for all of them? or
0: So the Justice League um, oversized is actually only two stories. It's Justice League and Dark. So I mm-hmm. wonder if for a bigger book it, there will be a higher price point. I would imagine so.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that for me is probably the biggest thing. I, I like when they have stories like this. Um, it's... It's fun because you know you can sort of finish one, continue on, and hopefully like there's a through line through either all of them or one of them continues on that isn't necessarily like an anthology. One of them has a story in the back. Uh, I'm sort of thinking of um, what was that one book with Fran- was it? Francesco Francavilla and Snyder Black Mirror. Oh, yes, Black Mirror. Yes. They had they had like the backup stories. You know, like like that stuff's cool. So I mean, if they are doing something similar to this. Um, I'd be down for this. Uh, it's, it's interesting. The teams are all really excellent. And yeah, I think there's a lot of value for it for anybody who wants to pick it up. You know, you get a different flavor for different writers and a different flavor of the same character.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: How about you, Kale?
2: So this,
1: uh, first, this reminds me a lot of the, um, I don't know if you guys remember, two weeks ago we spoke to Claire Napier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, uh, but <laughs> she talked about um, superhero magazines in the supermarket. Yes, uh, and this kind of reminds me of that a little bit. In that they're ostensibly just collections uh, of you know anthology style books. Yep. Um, um, anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. Go listen to that episode if you want. It's good. Um yeah, I I agree with Marco. I think uh the format, I I think could it could really speak to something in the, you know, no pun intended, in the future uh if uh if it's successful, you know.
0: Um yeah, I think I think there's there's definitely merit to that. Um I I guess I don't, I don't all the way love when books have backups. A lot of times the backup doesn't have the ability to breathe in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so you get a stilted story. And if it's like the worst thing, the best thing that happens generally for me is that the backup is so good that I wish it was a main story. Um, and then other than that, oftentimes the backup is ultimately irrelevant. And does not really get to go anywhere terribly interesting? Uh, I worry about that doubly here because these are stories that are taking place in the future. And so for characters who we really are interested in, um, will we actually get to see them fully? Because there's a lot of exposition that's required when you're talking about this story takes place X amount of years in the future. Well, where is this character now? What's their uh, supporting cast like? What's the, what's the issue that that they're dealing with, and can you tell that story effectively in five pages? Uh, you know, to every month. You know, what, what will amount to maybe a full issue once the whole thing is over with. You know,
2: mm, yeah, that's my the concern. the other thing that I was thinking of because there's four issues and there's four like other I guess titles slash writers. Mm-hmm. Um, it could just be like versus having all four in one in each issue, it could just be like the next Batman issue one with outsiders as a backup story and have like a fuller chapter. And then number issue two, next Batman Arkham of nights and mm. so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, that could, that could also be the format. Um, and that, I guess that's a little better, but then it's still, mm-hmm. you're still getting what amounts to one issues worth of content for that sure. you know for that story um right. which they do have uh they do have some one shots as well um which you know is is fine uh, they've got one shots in the in the superman world uh for stuff like um Kara Zor-El Superwoman that's by M- uh, Margaret Bennett and uh Margaret Savage. sauvage yeah woof um that's a that's an interesting team um yeah is it just happenstance that they have the same first name i guess so right of course (laughs) probably yeah um people people do that yeah i don't know why personally um we've got a legion of of superheroes uh book by bendis and riley rosmo that one's interesting nice
1: Got my in that last part. That, in that <laughs> last part you had me. Just, you had me shame the there. Shame shame Rosmo's uh being wasted on Bendis. That
0: damn. That sucks. Hey, I, let's I, let's give him a chance, you know? Maybe uh Bendis? Yeah. After how many years?
1: Thirty? No thanks. I'm done.
2: All right. <laughs> the uh the Marvel oh, so, are is- you gonna pick it up?
0: Well, I know you're. I know you're going to you know pick know why it up. I That's won't? a dumb question. There's only one reason why I won't. It's because I don't care in any way about the Legion of Superheroes. That's why. Otherwise, I would.
1: I'd say you're missing out, but I haven't read it either because it's Bendis. So
2: <laughs> you're probably not missing out. the The Superman versus Lex with Russell and and Pew, That's mm. that's a get for me. Oh, that's a three-issue series, too. Yeah, I I love Russell, and when he, and anytime he does stuff with Pew, like it comes out really good. So that's a get. Is that the? Um, is it Snagglepuss? Did Snagglepus they do that together? And Flintstones. Oh yeah, okay. And I, and I think I think even no, not. No, what was, what was the the one Ahoy? Second um, coming. Second coming. I don't think I don't think it was him though.
0: It was Russell, and not Pew. I
2: don't yeah. think it was Pew. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's too many books for us to just rattle off all the different ones. Um, I, I know for me, I'm interested in, of course, a Dark Detective. Um, that looks like it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, so they didn't waste a single second on the idea <laughs> that Bruce Wayne is actually dead. Um, and that's fine because this is such a short thing. Uh, you know, they want to sell the books, and I'm 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 cool with that in this instance. Dark Detective is Bruce's new persona, and Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora are the creative team on that. That is Ooh. crazy. Nice. That is that is awesome.
2: And uh, there's a uh, Red Hoods there with Williamson and Yanni uh, Smilanianni's. Yeah, he's great stuff.
0: That Ooh. yeah, that, that should be interesting as well. Hmm. I'm not into the Red Hood,
1: but yeah, frick, that is a good team.
0: Yeah, exactly I don't care about Red Hood really at all. but <laughs> In the um, slightest. Yeah. In this in this uh instance I'm down. Um Uh the Batman, Superman, Future State could be cool. Gene Wen Yang, Ben Oliver, I'm into that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and, and and you know there's a few different ones. There's a Mister Miracle one, but I I don't I, you know just just because it's Mister Miracle, I guess I'm, I'm into it. Um, the Wonder Woman one, Immortal Wonder Woman by Becky Cloonan, uh, yeah, Michael Conrad and Jen Bartel. I like the creative team, and mm. uh, obviously I love Wonder Woman, so that could be cool. Um, yeah,
1: how about the, you guys? I think the Superman of Metropolis by. By plot, anyway, looks interesting. That's the the plot one that caught my eye the most, anyway. Uh, John John Kent has, I guess, seen whatever's happening in Gotham, and so he decides to bottle Metropolis in the same way uh, Clark does with Candor. Oh, and I guess that puts him in conflict with Supergirl, um, and that seems like it's got plot legs. So, I think that's uh you know I think that's pretty interesting. yeah. I guess I, I didn't realize that John Kent was a coward, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a, an interesting turn.
2: Uh, I'm definitely in it for Justice League Dark, Rambees writing that one, and then Aquaman just because mm. I, I like our Aquaman stuff, uh, and then Swamp Thing one, obviously.
1: Yeah, the Swamp
0: Thing one actually looks really good too. The cover for that. Is crazy. Uh, it it's,
2: it, it, uh, it reminds me of the um, uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, surely
1: that's the reference mm-hmm.
0: yeah. or the inspiration, I guess. Yeah, that that's that's pretty sick. Um, yeah, so I I guess I guess I'm into this. Uh, you know, it, the the shortness of it is both attracting and attractive and off-putting I, I I'll say that like every time DC does one of these because this is not new like they did a similar thing with uh Futures future Sam oh, future yes I was
2: gonna say I I like that one like I, I thought that was a cool crossover <laughs> like a cool idea though
1: I don't know I saw black canary stitched onto uh, Frankenstein's chest I'm like you
0: know what that's not for me. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff, I just... Like, when you know... Like, for example, I believe it was Future's End. They did it just because they needed a... a they needed to put all the main stories on pause while they moved from New York to California. Like... Oh, huh. Yeah.
1: That does make sense, actually. I think yeah, so.
0: Yeah.
2: That's... No, w- was, wasn't that... What was the crossover one? Um... There was one that followed Future's End. Was it not that? the? Um, I don't think it was, no.
0: That was the um, Convergence.
2: Yes. Was it not that?
0: I don't think so. Whether it was Future's End or Convergence, it's the same idea, right? Of, you know, they do these things and it's like, okay, for a month or two, we're putting all the main books on pause and we're going to show you the future of DC. How many futures of DC can there possibly be? And so seven. I. seven. I, yeah. I was
2: going to say that. I was actually going to say seven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I personally grow weary of things like that. I don't, I'm not mm. that fond of it. Especially when you know it's not going to have any current day impact. Um, and so a lot of this will end up being a pass for me. I can tell you right now. Um I'm into the Batman stuff, kind of. If the creative team is really great, I'll pick some of this up. But for the most part, this is just going to be, okay, I guess I'm picking up less DC for the next two months.
1: (laughs) Is there Um, anything that just you're immediately not into?
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah, let's see. Um, The Superman stuff... I don't think I really care about it all. I, pro- I don't yeah. imagine myself buying any of it. Um probably not the Justice League either, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, it's only two issues, so maybe I'll go for that. And I love the I love the creative team. I mean it's Joshua Williamson, Robson Rocha. That's that's awesome. Um and Justice League Dark by Ram V and Mauricio Takara, that's really awesome as well. Um so maybe I'll go for that, but to everything else, pretty much, I don't I don't care about.
1: Oh, Ryan Cady's on the Tales of the Green Lantern Corps.
0: That's cool. Yeah, Was he that's really? cool.
1: I just I just saw that, yeah.
0: yeah. Um fan favorite of ours for sure, but in order to get this, I have to buy a book by Jeffrey Thorne and Tom Rainey, and I don't know who they are. Yeah, not, no no, you know, no slight on them. I just don't know. And you're going to ask me to to buy, I assume, an oversized book. Um, Yeah, it's an oversized book. And it's probably going to be six bucks around there for creators that I'm not aware of for something that won't matter in two months. I'm not doing that. That doesn't make any sense. Now, in Dan Didio's world, this would have been. Probably a year, couple years of you know, an actual shift.
1: Crisises and deaths and rebirths and
0: and and the, the thing with that is ultimately you know it's not gonna matter, right? In a year, two, you know, to two years, everything will go back to normal. But the cool part is that for that time, they can do whatever they want. And that's attractive to me. I like that. I like the idea of all right, we're taking the main guys off the board. here's a bunch of new people and some of the old people, but in different roles than you're used to, and the rules are are gone. You know Everyone always complains about how stale superhero comics are, but to me that's exciting. This is like okay in two months. Batman will be uh, Bruce will be Batman, not the dark detective. He won't know he was the dark detective. I'll know, but I'm not gonna care because it's over. And that's that. So that, that's kind of where I come from with it. Um so yeah, ultimately I, I I guess you guys are you guys are into it. You're you're down, right?
2: I'm down for some of the books. Yeah. Like the yeah, the ones we call I,
1: down. I, this is what they're publishing for three straight months, so we don't really have you know too much of a choice, really.
0: <laughs> well, I I don't. To be honest, I don't. Unless you guys you know show like a, a a great level of interest, I don't really know that we even have a reason to review these books. I I
1: think it would take something special, like you know maybe the uh, uh, death metal spins out into dark detective or something, but. I mean other than something like that yeah I don't particularly see a reason especially and you know in our case as few books as there are for for their line at this point it's too many for us you know there there are too too many for us to really choose from for anything to make a difference
0: yeah y- yeah and it's like you know we try to Limit our reviews to the biggest books or the things that we're the most passionate about. And from 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 this perspective right now, uh, if it's not the next Batman or Dark Detective, I don't feel passion uh, for these releases. So it's you know if if the if the if those books are tremendous, if any of them are tremendous, or if you guys write in to us or hit us up on Discord and say, hey, you know we want to hear your thoughts on X, sure. But short of that, I don't I don't see it happening.
1: Well, they're they're hearing all our thoughts on X, so there's no you know <laughs> No getting away from that
2: one. And and if we're being honest, the biggest book is probably, you know, um, Bendis and Riley Rosmo, so I, I guess if you wanna hear us talk about that, you should write in and let us know. That's funny, I was gonna say Swamp Thing.
0: So oh, take that you piece of shit.
2: Damn
0: I thought you were going to say Swamp Thing, Marco. I did
2: too. See, that was a subversion. You shot yourself in the foot. I did.
0: Stupid idiot.
2: (laughs) Ow, my foot.
0: (laughs) So how do you guys feel about this as a repackaging of 5G? Are you happy with this usage of the 5G material? Um, Or would you rather just they not use it at all?
2: Um, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, what we saw of 5g was, I don't know that it necessarily was like inspiring for me to go pick something up anyway. Um, and whether or not they repackaged it, I don't think that it does anything. Like for me, the biggest thing that I would have noticed was the name change. Like if they've been, if they've reused art, I haven't noticed if they've reused plot, i haven't noticed either like I, I think for me the biggest thing was the name change and it, the first thing it reminded me of was futures end and i was like all right i thought that was kind of okay i might pick up a book or two but otherwise the five the the 5g swap to this i don't think affected me necessarily okay a
1: terrible title future state i mean 5g was no good either but just terrible titles all
0: around it's bad and then i also you know I honestly don't care a lot for the whole packaging of this, like the 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 covers. You know, we didn't we didn't speak to the covers, and some of the art on the covers is really cool. But there's a there's a
2: like that border.
0: Yeah, the border is kind of iffy. Um, See,
1: I like I kind of like the border. It's actually a lot of the art that I am not crazy about. A lot of it to me looks the exact
0: same. It looks the same, and it has this like quasi futuristic mm-hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for there's a there's a word for this um I don't know I agree with you i I do I do agree with you like like I said some of them I like the Batman Superman cover um I think is really cool um I like that one a lot and then the the next Batman cover I also like but a lot of them just have this odd texture to them that I'm not interested in.
1: It's almost it's almost like a computer generated look. Well, like I'm sure it's not, but it, there's something about it that looks like what they thought the future would be in the '90s or something. Like a <laughs> a bad a bad translation of the the show reboot on a comic book cover.
0: Like, oh yeah, that's the other Canadian show I've watched is reboot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of course
2: it uh, it's all very like cyberpunky with like the the bright neon titles yeah. uh the there's one here with Harley Quinn fighting these like robot future police and then Robin Eternal getting chased down by something coming out of like uh A big
1: jet or helicopter yeah. tanker thing
0: yeah yeah so not not in love with the with the covers either i just all around I'm not as excited as I want to be for something as big as this. And then DC, at the, I guess at the same time, is going to have the Endless Winter event going on, which we know uh, not very much oh, about. yeah. Yeah. And it's just like crazy mixed branding, mixed messaging. I thought they were putting everything on pause, but that's going to be going on. So it's just a lot. It's a lot in DC's world right now. Um, but that's enough about the future state of dc we're going to get into our reviews and talk about the current state of dc we've got a lot coming terrible title yeah you know current current state state yeah
1: yeah fire fire their title guy
0: (laughs) fire the title guy the the art direction for the covers just just fire everybody fire everybody um yeah fire me Oh, God, I wish they'd fire me. (laughs) We're going to kick things off here with the X, sorry, 10 of swords books, uh, beginning with Hellions number five. Now, I have to show you because I was in awe of this cover. So I got the the, uh, Phoenix. Of course you were. Of course. Of course. This is a timeless Alex Ross cover. Um, they've been doing this for several of the books that they've been putting out, and I, I had to get it. It's gorgeous. Uh, I mean, it's Jean great. What more do I have to say?
1: Um, How sticky is
0: it? Mm, <laughs> let's not talk about that. So, um, yeah. so Gross. <laughs> absolutely. So, this issue. Sean turning the pages. Yeah. <laughs> So Hellions is by Zeb Wells, uh, Carmen Carnero on art, uh, David Curiel on colors, and Ariana Mayer on letters. Of course, designs for all these books will be by Tom Muller. I haven't read Hellions yet, uh, and that's something that we've had to encounter with this event so far, Uh, reading books by by creators we wouldn't necessarily read uh, or haven't been reading. This book had a very, very different energy across the board from what we've been used to with the the X line thus far, um, and I liked it in spots. I'm not sure that I loved yeah. it overall. Um, yeah, so, same. Kale, why don't you why don't you speak to your feelings a little bit? I hate this team. The way
1: this book opens uh, with empath. <laughs> Made me immediately hate it. <laughs> yeah, I just this fucking guy can he can go screw. Yep. Uh, overall, I I think I I did enjoy it. It made me think. I think I think it made me realize what I think Ten of Swords is or is trying to be, and I think it's like I think it's trying to be a big fantasy epic. Mm. Hmm. In the style of like a, a Lord of the Rings or like a, you know, your insert fantasy epic here. Um, in that there are a bunch of people going in a bunch of different directions in different chapters of the book. And eventually it's all going to come back together. But for now, it sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I The opening with Empath kind of like threw me off. Because I, I, I do agree that it feels different from the books that we have been reading. And I think that opening, though, kind of grounded me into, like, what the rest of this was going to be, which was kind of a little silly. You know, like, like obviously, yeah. him him coming in and being to, to Xavier, like, you know, what's your name? Keep your, like, your shitty or your fucking hands off me. Like, whatever, right? Like, there's just, like, this uh, levity to it. And obviously, he's a dick. Yeah. Um, But then I think a lot of the characters in here might be Um, I'm not like super familiar with all the, the cast. Um, A lot of them are new to me, but I think of the, the two standout characters were Mr. Sinister and empath. And that to me was very entertaining because they, they bicker the, the sinister stuff had me, you know, it had me sort of like laughing to myself, his, his whole personality so there, there were good moments that these characters carried me through, but there were others that I think were slow once they got into the whole Avalon world.
1: Yeah. I liked Sinister playing against himself. Yeah. Um, and everything else was pretty hit or miss for mm-hmm. me with Sinister because I, I I, liked the way Hickman did it in Hawkspox. Pox, and I haven't seen him in anything since then, but... Um, this yeah was very hit or miss for me.
0: So Hick- Hickman I feel like has a good grasp on the Sinister stick. And then mm-hmm. also, um oh my god. Uh why am I blanking so hard? He's like the guy who created this version of Sinister, I feel. Um like the mid two thousand late late two thousands. I uh, I'm blanking. Um Gillen? Uh, yes, thank you. Kieran Gillen. Oh, Kieran Gillen. Yeah. Um, and he he did it tremendously. But I feel like in the wrong hands, he comes off as kind of dumb. And Sinister's not dumb. He's just extremely egotistical and, you know. Um, flamboyant. Flamboyant, exactly. And that's fine. But they take it over the top, and I feel like Hero's over the top. Um, hmm. The issue starting the way that it does with Empath, it is smart because it's it's a familiar setting. And it's a familiar scenario, but it plays out in a different way. That's smart. I just don't like it. You know, like, it was well done. I just don't care for it. Um, and the characters can be douchebags. There's no reason why mutants have to all be, you know, nice people. But this just felt really kind of almost forced. Like, you get resurrected and the first thing you're on is being a douche. Um You know, and I just, I don't know. That was kind of odd. I also feel like that level of disrespect towards Xavier wouldn't necessarily be tolerated the way that it would have been before this era of X-Men. That being said, I also didn't believe Sinister's plan at all. And that's one of the issues that I have with this. Uh, and Kel, I wanted to ask you: Did you read Messiah Complex? It was the uh, the two thousand eight um, X Men event. I think I did. Okay. So in that event, it was it had the exact same structure as this. There's an initial, uh, you know, inciting incident where they had to find the the, the baby Hope. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and then the different teams split off to, to do their own thing as it relates to you know what would make sense for them dealing with this with this crisis. And then, in the end, they all converged on each other. This is the same thing. Yeah. The problem yeah. is that there's more teams now than there were then, and it doesn't feel like there's a need for that. So they create weird ways to involve everybody. So in the case of Hellions, the way they involve them is by having Sinister say, hey, why don't we have my team infiltrate Arac- Ar- Araco and steal the swords that the Araki are supposed to use. And so if we steal them, then they can't participate in this tournament. So now they fo- they have to forfeit. Okay. What reason would the council who just freaked out at the idea that we lost the life of um, Rockslide uh, Rock and, and that he's he's basically permadead. The, that version of Rockslide is permadead. What reason would they have to be comfortable with sending another swath of mutants to die? I,
1: it seemed to me this Hellions team uh, no, it seems like nobody likes them. So it seemed it, the way that council meeting seemed to me was just like, yeah, go die. You can't resurrect, Fair. so bye.
0: Fair. I but- guess that's
1: it. <laughs> I I think real realistically, I think you're right. Uh, that isn't, you know, uh, that isn't what they would do but I, I would also point out it was a close vote, and Magneto changed his. Well, he so. changed
0: his for Sinister-going.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and the thing, I think uh, Havoc and Psylocke being on the team as well, sort
0: of, I don't know. And, and, and look at how they dealt with, look at the controversy surrounding when they buried Sabretooth. Um, when when they put him in stasis, like that was uncool. Yeah. And Saber is a monster, and he broke the law. These characters are douchebags, but they haven't broken the law, and they're basically being sentenced to death. It feels contrived. In an event, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I don't.
1: I, I was gonna say I don't. I don't know that I agree that it's necessarily sentenced to death. Because you know, I think I think they the council probably does put trust into Havoc and Psylocke. Uh, but I, yeah, I do. I definitely think there was some flippancy with letting them uh, creatively letting the, the, the justifications for letting this team
0: go. It undermines the threat of, and the seriousness of the threat when you're willing to say, okay, yeah you guys are valid to go and try to steal the swords like that should not be the strategy uh you're sacrificing mutants to prevent the death of other mutants and that's odd um so i'm not I'm not thrilled with that aspect of it um once they got into their mission, I was a little bit more I, I had a little bit more fun with the book empath using his powers on Grey crow was funny um, I, I kind of dug that a little bit uh, not so much kale
1: I it 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 really I, similar to the beginning of the book anything where empath was interacting with anyone just it really ground on me um, and this just felt as you said earlier just felt over the top. I just like that happened and he wants Gray Crow as his pet, his pet. (laughs) I'm sure that there are problems with that. Nah, why? I don't know. I don't know anything about the character Gray Crow. I would guess by his name, there's probably some Native American influence in there.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, nah. G- Kale's my pal. Well, I'm a, Kale, no, I'm sit, a white, no.
0: blue-eyed,
2: brown-haired, no, no. blue-eyed guy. Mm-mm, that doesn't. No, no.
0: Hey, no. Where's the, my newspaper? <laughs> I don't know. I, I they have a personal feud with each other. Um, and it's just some goofy stuff. Yeah. You
1: know. I and I agree. I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying that in any sort of like oh SJW whatever. It's just like, all right, <laughs>
0: come on. hey sit. Um, and then the other thing that I, I really <laughs> didn't like, and maybe this is petty, but this is just how I am. I just didn't like sinister versus sinister in a in a rock paper scissors game. Like, see that I did. That like. was funny. Yeah. All right, okay, that's fine. It, it's just me. I'm cool with that. I just. I don't know. I want. I. I want this. I like. Sinister is so smart, so capable, such a ge- an evil genius. And I just don't know about rock paper scissors. But okay.
2: The noble contest. Uh, that's what it's actually called. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Fair enough.
0: And the
1: way geniuses interact with each other is beyond us. <laughs> peons
0: what i did like was <laughs> the sinister clone being like no man i just got here i'm not oh man um let's let's chat about the art a little bit i i thought this was a, a pretty good looking book
1: i think it was murphy called out in the discord a couple of days ago that a lot of Marvel's art right now feels like Stuart Eminem clones. Oh, it's the Marvel and House I style. really, I I really felt that with this one after he said that.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's good. I mean, I don't like. I don't know that there was anything necessarily like super stand out about it, but it's well structured. Yeah. It, it portrays everything that we need to know really well. It communicates everything like I thought it was. Uh, it was just—it good art.
0: Yeah, um, there were some panels that I liked. Um, other, like I would agree with you guys that it was fairly uh, pedestrian for the most part. Like it looks good; it's serviceable, um, but not a lot of things to stand out. Uh, one of the panels I really liked was during the council meeting. Uh, Emma's uh, face when she says "force a forfeit." That, yeah. Th- this cool yeah, structure, that yeah. That was great. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, and I love how she's opposite of Sinister on that, um, in that panel. Um, I, I just thought that was really good stuff. Um, but, but you know, honestly, that's about it. Everything else was like done well, but not stand out in my eyes. Um, I thought the colors were, were, were pretty good as well. Um, I thought it was a well-colored book. Um, interestingly, though, for a book with this kind of vibe, I expected it to be a little more vibrant in in terms of the way it was colored.
2: See, i I would have thought that too. But for example, when they first get into town, because there's the surroundings are colored so like differently and more, I guess, naturalistic, they stick out, and I think that's like a visual comedy element. Like, you know, they're sticking out like a sore thumb in this world. And so, like, I I would have agreed, but because them just being out there themselves uh, (laughs) made it stick out, you know? that's
1: a good
0: point.
2: And
1: I I, I wonder if the next time we see this chapter and they're a little bit deeper in, if we'll see a bit more of that vibrancy as they're out in the, (coughs) excuse me, the fantasy wilderness or whatever.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on Hellions before we move on? No.
1: No, thanks.
2: <laughs> it's
0: alright. That's it
1: fine. Okay. Um, when I get when I get the the big collection, I'll easily pass over this chapter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is this was a, a a chapter that did much for the story overall either. So I think like it it was fine it was just like a a little mini adventure that was condensed in the story and that was a that was okay
0: yeah and and that's something that uh, i did want to address as it relates to this event um there shouldn't in my opinion feel like there are skippable chapters of an event now if you're Mm going to say these are um these are uh what's the word i'm looking for um tie-ins if you're gonna say that these are tie-ins and you know if you want to see what the hellions involvement is check out that book that's fine but when you're telling me that this is you know part what is it part six um, yeah. yeah when you're telling me this is part six that tells me that okay i gotta read this so i get the full story uh, but this didn't feel like i needed to see it yep and that's
1: yeah. I and I'll be curious to see where this part goes because, you know, surely it will tie in somehow and with I think with the the overall team of creators we have here and the way this is so tightly woven, I do believe it will end end well, you know, it'll all tie in together very well just at, you know, with this particular issue. I'm not
0: sold. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to New Mutants. We've got uh, New Mutants number thirteen. Um, this this was uh this was okay. Um, I really enjoy Doug. I, I love I love Doug yeah, Ramsey yeah. and um obviously I love Warlock too. Warlock. Was one of my favorite characters when I was a little kid from the uh, X Men animated series, and one of the Is jo- he in the
1: animated series.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a I think it's a two parter maybe where he's escaping the 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 Phalanx. Uh, he's trying to he's trying oh. to meet up with his girl, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and he comes to Earth and uh, he helps the X Men actually stop the Phalanx from from taking over everything. Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't
1: know how I missed that.
0: Yeah. uh, I really love him on that. I love him in the books. I had a warlock toy when I was a kid. Um, Wow. Yeah. That'd be a good one to have. Frick. Sure. And so his conversation here with Doug was a highlight. And and, and frankly, both of these characters have been a joy, one of the joys of this era of X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so an issue that focuses a lot on them is is, is going to be up my alley, uh, no matter what. And similarly, anything with Krakoa, any time that we get the island speaking and, and its its will and its feelings about what's going on, um, and this issue is chock full of that. So on, on that alone, this issue was a win for me.
2: I I had really mixed feelings on the art yes um really yeah I, think, I like the art a lot i think the uh the writing was done well i agree i like the the interactions there they were fun um even the stuff when when magic comes in and like how she's trying to help him get better i think it all it all plays really well uh but man this uh, there were moments where let me see what page this is or like I, I i'm reading this on the digital version so i don't know if how it printed necessarily but on page like 10, where they're first getting, starting to fight, and it's all red panels, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. looks so blurry, Um, like it wasn't printed or scanned right, and I think also-
0: I don't know if you can see that.
2: The the next page, the next page. Like on the top of the skang, I don't know. Maybe you just got a bad version or something, could I be? But, um, I there it just felt like a lot of digital stuff, like even the um, when they're talking to was it to what's his face, Cyclops? Cyclops. Like, these the the strokes just feel like these unrefined digital strokes. And I was not a fan, uh, I had a lot of issues with it. It just felt like they he used like a smudge tool or something, and just like
0: all over. Mm. I, hmm. i So I believe that Rod Reese and Ed Brisson uh, worked together. I want to say it was X-Force. I could be wrong about that, but I I don't think this is their first time together. Um, This is their first book together, rather. Maybe it was Cable. Um, And I think Rod Reese is hit or miss. I'm not always in love with his work. Uh, Sometimes I like it a lot. Other times I don't. This was unfortunately one of those times where I wasn't overly enthused. Um, there were some things I liked, like for example, um, the conversation between the, the 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 remaining council members where Krakoa is present and Doug is speaking. I like that stuff. I thought that looked cool. Um, yeah, and I like the way he shows Warlock. Um, yeah, I, I gotta say, actually, even um, uh, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on his name again? Exodus, even Exodus looked pretty cool here. Um, Rod Reese did a good job with Exodus uh, he presents him as very uh, regal which is a good look for him for sure um, so I enjoyed that as well it, it, I, I wasn't all down on this issue from a visual perspective but it definitely wasn't yeah. like the best um,
1: yeah I could see that I, I I would agree it certainly isn't the best I've ever seen but I think I do like it as a different flavor
0: okay yeah
1: and especially with like the chaos that Warlock brings in general. I, I really like what he does with uh with Warlock.
2: Yeah, that stuff's cool. That that stuff definitely like it, it also feels very um Sienkiewicz kind of style. Yeah. Uh, so that stuff I think was translated really well. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, am I thinking of Rod Reese or Ivan Reese, who did um uh, we, we we did a, a book club it was an event. I'm I'm forgetting the name. If it's
0: a DC book, it's it's Ivan N- Reese. No,
2: it's um, it was a Marvel book. We did a book club on Ivan. Then it's Uh That I think was like a more non digital painted style. Um, uh, what was a? Uh, it was another Hickman.
0: Oh, book. It was uh. Uh, the one, the one where they fight the builders and all those dudes. Uh...
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the end, Doom is all all white.
0: Oh, uh, you're talking uh, about Secret Wars. Oh, 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 oh yes, oh, oh. yes. That that was, a, was he not? Was no? no that that's was not him. No, that's. Oh my god. Fuck. I. I that's that's so bad. Like that's so. It's somebody uh, completely different. Yeah.
2: All right, so I'm thinking of a different artist entirely then, because I, 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 for some reason, I was
0: thinking of oh, Ribich. That's yeah, okay. That's who did okay. that's who did that's Secret God. Wars.
2: Ribich. That's who I was yeah. thinking of was like I'm like I I could have sworn I've seen his art and it's like different than this. Um, <laughs> so never mind, never mind. Th- then yeah, <laughs> well, this, you weren't
0: wrong. <laughs> it, you, <laughs> yeah, it is different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not not a fan of of this stuff. Okay.
0: Um, Interesting. From a story perspective, though, uh, I I thought this issue was great. Uh, it basically deals with Doug's lack of confidence in himself and his ability to handle what he has to handle in this uh, in this tournament. He has one of the swords. The sword is his warlock, and he has to do battle. And as we've discussed, he is not a warrior, you know, and that speaks to probably why Hickman was. Putting him in those situations where they would go out on those missions together, uh, in the in the giant size X Uh likely they put him in that to kind of signify, hey, you know, he's he's a fish out of water when he has to fight, and he's not well suited for that stuff. Um, and so I like how they've built that story, and it's kind of um, you know gonna gonna uh, come to a head here in this series. Um, I love Krakoa kind of saying, like, hey, you know, you can't go because if you go and you die, which is likely, I won't have a voice here anymore. And I'm not with that. That was really cool, too. Um, Krakoa being more of an actor, having more of, you know, an opinion, uh, I really enjoyed.
2: He took over, was this
0: guy Mondo? Yeah. <laughs> that was creepy. That, that was wild. so creepy. <laughs> Like just come on, man. If you're on YouTube, just check those panels out. That is so weird. Um it's it's it was it's good stuff. Uh and, and Ed Brisson is such a talented writer. Uh they haven't given him a lot at Marvel in terms of books that matter. You know, he did some old man Logan stuff. Um, you know, he's played a lot in the X-Men realm, but I would love to see him take a step up. This was really good stuff. I, is he? I think he's leaving after this issue. Yeah, he's he's off. This was his last issue of. That's uh, right. Movies. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, very good issue. Uh, resolves with Doug, you know, being ready, uh, you know, for battle, planting the sword. Yeah. Um. So cool. I did. I guess it was there waiting. Everybody else. <laughs> yeah. What is that about? I heard you guys uh, mention how they all just have to chill there. And wait. It's so silly. I mean, that's what that's what we're led to believe. I Yeah. They're
1: all they all have to stand there.
0: They're all there. What if they have there. to go to the bathroom? They're they're always there, so yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, let's let's jump into um, into uh, cable. So this one Cable is by uh, Jerry Duggan uh, with Phil Noto, uh, Joe Sabino's on letters, and of course Tom Miller. Um, right out the gate, love Phil Noto's artwork. I think he's really good. Now yeah.
1: see, it's fu- it's funny you say that because I felt about Phil Noto's ar- artwork here the way you guys felt about Rod Reese. Really? It, it's good, mostly. I really enjoy it. It's, it's you know, I think I think I like Phil Noto for the most part as a cover guy. Hmm. Mm. Okay.
0: That's fair. Um, so this book sees Cable, Cyclops and Jean uh, at the Sword Station where we where we last saw them in uh, in the X of Swords, you know, uh, kickoff. Um, and Cable has used his sword to power the the station. And clearly some bad stuff went on here. Uh the the that panel of that dude in green, the green suited guy, when he turns around. Yeah. Oh, that was so that cool. That was freaky. Yeah. That that freaked me out. Um I I love the the G, the way Jean Gray looks here. Um she mm-hmm. looks like she actually looks like an a, 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 a naturally aged version of of herself from when she was a teenager. And I don't always feel that sure. way. Sure. Yeah. Um, really like that. I hate that costume. It's grown on the me, man. Marvel
2: Girl costume?
1: Sorry. It was cool when she was a teenager. She's a grown ass woman girl going on these grimy satellites and doing fucking CIA operative shit and she's running around in a green skirt and a giant yellow mask. Come on.
2: What's the problem with that?
0: That's <laughs> not what a grown woman does. She probably has shorts on. What um... Fine. <laughs> which Jean Grey Costa would you prefer?
1: The one where she's in the ground.
0: <laughs> Boom! That wasn't.
1: That was. Shotgun that, blast. That even, that's just not. Her funeral
0: attire,
2: too. All right.
0: So, uh, <laughs> weird stuff just keeps happening. Uh, we we meet the Vascors, the Vescora, and these dudes were creepy. Uh, they are varying sized aliens with. Two or more arms, and uh, they were weird, and a need to kill <laughs> or to, <laughs> to, cleanse. to cleanse, yeah, and dissect and learn.
2: <laughs> that that one page uh, when, when they appear, though, I like it a lot because like, it just follows the the three all the way down. Like as you like look at it, uh, so like everything about it is these three are summoned. Then the three look, they blast, and then boom, all threes. It's really, really nice. It was a cool structure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was weird. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I just can't get over it, man. Like, I was freaking out when I was reading this. Like, these dudes are disgusting.
2: <laughs> Cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> um, this reality is already fitted. <laughs> yo and then uh she actually projects herself through the portal which was cool and they're just like in another dimension trying to I, and, like I, I guess is, is this explained maybe in cable in other cables or is this a one-off like because I don't know and haven't been reading it maybe there's more to them but as like one-off villains I would have liked to have seen them like kind of like fuck shit up
1: I can't imagine this will be the last time we see them
0: mm. yeah, you know how how Hickman's been doing it where he just introduced weird stuff and then they readdress it later um, but the X-Men seem to know who they were or at least uh, Stick like Scott did yeah um, so did, I didn't I didn't get that impression at all
1: so uh, I, I feel like I feel like since this era of X-Men has started Cyclops is basically just like hey,
0: all right I guess I'm just shooting shit <laughs> And that's just his role. (laughs) Speaking to that, and this is not a commentary on the writing, because I actually feel like the writing in this issue was solid. Um, It's more a commentary just on Cyclops and Jean's characters of late. Why are they like it's cool for them to be parents and stuff. But why does it feel like they are only parents? Uh, Cable is not their natural son. Like they didn't, Jean Grey did not birth this version of Cable.
1: It it was weird to hear her or to see her call him son so often. Yeah, as opposed to like, I guess that to me that's more of a a dad way, a fatherly way to address the boy. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Uh, I don't know. I uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. I guess maybe I didn't really notice it. I, I'm just like, oh, I've accepted that. This is the relationship, and maybe it's maybe it's just time, you know, um, that their parents, yeah, they're mommies and daddies,
0: yeah,
1: they have like fifty million children. It's most of Krakoa is are summers or grays. All
2: right, all right, but here's what matters. Tell me when she's gonna birth Wolverine's child.
1: Boom or Cyclops and Wolverine's child.
2: Whoa, no, she's not a cat. She can't do that.
1: I don't know how it works. Wolverine's a cat.
2: You give birth to a dog, so.
0: Okay, um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what that's yeah, about. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> um, yeah, so this issue was well written, although I will say it did feel like a whole lot of nothing. And when you talk about you know tie-ins versus mainline stories, this one thousand percent did not feel like a mainline story. And I'm a little weary of the whole "I gotta get my sword" or "I have a sword" or whatever, like alright, you got a sword, that's fine. The only sword acquiring is- issues or whatever that were compelling were the Wolverine stuff and Storm. And even those didn't, like, I didn't 1,000% have to see that. I don't I don't know. Mm.
2: I, I think mm. also this issue in particular is a whole lot of nothing because does that mean that he already had the sword? Like, yeah. he, they're the ones that put the sword in first yeah. and then he's just taking it back out. So I, I think that's the thing. It's not it's not, oh
1: you gotta go make a sword or, or whatever. It's just like you gotta go get your sword, whatever that is.
2: But he had it, no?
1: Yeah, it's his. Oh, okay. So then he's that's, always... that's what I'm saying. Like Wolverine, you know, knows a guy who makes swords, so he's gotta go get one.
2: Right, right. But this guy just had to Storm... pull it on his
1: back. Yeah. Well, out of the thing.
0: And that and that is a you know it's like okay if you already have a sword, do we have to see you? Like, what was the point of this then? You know, if he has right, it already, exactly. then what is this side quest? You know, this is this is total tie-in territory. Um, the Doug one was cool, of course, because you know we 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 see his lack of self-confidence. But again, you know that could be that sh- to me that should be optional. But that's how I've always felt about events and this you know is getting in a weird area for me with that um yeah it was it was good it was all right
1: all right yeah i'm sure we'll find out more about these aliens at some other point but you know uh it'll be interesting to see the fallout with sword the facility yeah uh because i is this And we saw that we saw this is this was the cliffhanger. Uh the last cliffhanger we saw with Cyclops was he came to the sword facility. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think anybody else knows about this. No. I don't think so. So uh yeah, that'll be interesting to see. But I also I have no idea what the rest of the Marvel universe is up to right now, because they just finished the uh the Kotadi invasion or whatever and
0: there were no, there was no sword for that. No, this is the this is the reawakening of sword. We're gonna get a, a series that spins out of this. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say about all these books uh, is that I am at the point where I am skipping the uh, infographics without guilt. I
1: really felt that about the overworld stuff this time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I read
1: about the swords, I like the stuff about the swords, but the overworld stuff got burned on me quick this week.
0: Yeah, it's, it's too much, I understand that that is the style of the books, but I just, you know, it's too much of a good thing, uh, it, it, you don't have to always have them, especially when they're giving you useless information, the House and Powers That's ones... It were were so necessary like you needed to read them you cannot skip them you have to know what's in those and even like issue by issue
1: they were they revealed something but this is it it doesn't feel relevant to anything yeah you you don't
0: need to know these things like
2: that that i I think is my issue that i think is my issue with it is that it It it's not applied. Like none of this information you can apply immediately in any sense. So why why do I need to bother learning about it?
1: And I've forgotten all of it already. Like Exactly. Like at first it was really interesting to me and now I'm just like, okay, well this is now they're just throwing stuff at me that's too much and it's not relevant.
0: You would never you would never put any of these things in a in a page that had to be drawn. You wouldn't do it. So if it's not worth putting there, right, if it's not – like a lot of the stuff in House and Powers, you could reasonably have said, okay, this information is, is big enough that we need to convey it. We have to convey it. So if you have to convey it, normally you would have the artist draw it. But they had the bright idea to say, well, let's get Tom Mueller in and let's get him to do these infographics. It was very smart because that was a lot of info. But those were things that you had to know. These are things you don't have to know. So if you wouldn't draw it, if you wouldn't convey it, if you didn't have this tool, then don't use it. That's my opinion on that. I'm still, you
1: know, we're still early days in this series. I'm hoping we're going to see more of Overworld. Maybe that'll be in Hellions. Uh, I just, I, yeah, I'm hoping we'll get a chance to apply all this and... This background information will be useful because, it, like, it's Hickman. This is a Hickman technique. Like, come on.
0: Yeah, and he's so far he's done it better than anyone, and that's you know. And that's the
1: thing they they they're good.
0: Mm-hmm. I but like what what are they for? Exactly. So. Uh, That'll be it that for our X reviews this week, but we've still got three reviews left to come. Why don't we start with Strange Adventures number six? How about that? Nice. Yeah.
2: The first one I've been on in a while.
0: Right? Uh, so for those of you who are uh, unaware, this is Tom King with Mitch Jarrods and Evan Doc Uh Clayton Cowles on Letters. Uh, fantastic creative team no doubt about that. So Marco, since you've missed a few here, why don't you uh, lay down your thoughts first?
2: Okay so similar to new mutants, I had mixed feelings but this time on the writing, I think on the art it was like phenomenal there are, and we'll get into a couple of examples but like there are transitions here. Using temperature, and then the rest of the issue using temperature as a way to distinguish between panels, between moods, between just things in general, uh, to move the story along. That I thought was so effective and really interesting. Um, And then there's other stuff from a technical writing perspective that I thought was really cool. The way that it it, um, and I'll uh, I'll kind of explain, but like it breaks down into these invisible nine panels where there are these three large, larger panels. Um, but I think the story to me in this issue was is kind of confusing in that it dances around a lot of context and it like reveals it really slowly and I don't know how that services our understanding or the story overall
0: gonna have to agree with you man uh, I think you laid that down pretty well um I enjoyed the atmosphere mm-hmm. of this issue quite a bit um, but this is issue six and we said you know once we get to the halfway point you know it's gonna really determine like what exactly is going on here and you know, we'll get into it more personally. I'm not sure that I know much more than I knew before in issue one. I don't know that I know a lot more. Um, and 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 to your point about the, 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 the script, I don't think people really talk like this. That's where I'm at. Like the way that, um, oh, my God, why am I blanking so hard? Uh, the way that Mr. Terrific and Alana uh, speak to each other. It's Alana, right? Yeah, Alana. Yeah. yeah, the way that they speak to each other just doesn't feel natural. It just
1: in that in the defense of that, and boy, this will be the probably only time you hear me say that about this book. Uh, I think I think they're very uh, defensive against each other. Yes. So I don't think I don't think there will be anything natural about how they're speaking. I think they're they're both two uh, two sides of a sharp sword coming at each other. Yeah. You know her her remark about let's let's talk about dead children. I don't like that's not something you say to somebody you like. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's a that's a definitely a valid point. Um, it's just that. I guess this deep into it for us and them, I would like and I would imagine they would like something more concrete. Uh, and we just haven't gotten there yet. And I'm I'm not going to say that I'm frustrated because the book is definitely doing a good job of setting, setting the stage. Uh, I mentioned atmosphere. You feel things when you read it. At least I do. Um, and I definitely felt things for Mr. Terrific as he was explaining, um, you know, how he lost his wife and and daughter and how he was guilty for not caring that he lost his child. Um, I'm sorry. I, I said daughter. I'm not sure if it was actually a daughter. It was an unborn child. Um, and, uh, how he was, he, he didn't care that he lost his, his child. Um, that was all really good, I thought. And the way he was trying to use his own pain or lack thereof to get Alana to say things. Um I I've really enjoyed that. Um But again, the issue just ends. It ends, and you don't get any knowledge, you don't know anymore nothing has progressed I'm lost I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting that I'm not getting
1: the I had to read five and six together because I missed uh, when we did five mm-hmm. um, but uh, what caught me is that through this series we've been we've sort of seen the the evolution of Adam getting his hands dirty a lot more. Mm-hmm. In the Doc Shiner parts, yeah. um, and so I, the this is probably the first time the cliffhanger for me worked. Uh, the cliffhanger being, Adam Strange is lying about whatever what happened to their daughter,
2: to Alana. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. I, I, I agree with that. And I, I, especially considering how it, how it ends and how she ends they it, yeah. sh- in, in the future, she's out in the cold alone. And then in the last panel, she's alone on Ron as well.
1: Right. And yeah, she says, um, uh, you know, there's a whole thing about no man being an Island, you know, that, uh, for whom the bell tolls, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, or- <laughs> but the um, in five, they're stuck in, in the cave with of the rock people or whatever. And my assumption about all that time they spend in there is that Adam does all the killing for their food and for all their, you know, for their survival uh, while she is the political one, similar to as, as she is here. I think I think what what I'm starting to see is that in the Gerard's parts, Alana is the actor, but she's the actor in the compelling way that she's the political actor. Right. Whereas in the Shayner parts, he's uh, uh, it's Adam and he's, you know, the warrior. He's doing what he he's really doing what needs to be done. And uh, it seems like we're about to find out what he did.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. It's interesting to flip in that way to make Adam Strange the one who um, is lying. Because obviously we've assumed the way that this has been framed that she's the one who's lying. She's the right. one who's controlling things behind the scenes. And... The idea that that might not be the case. I really loved, I have to say, um, the way that Tom King wrote that that moment, uh, when Mr. Terrific asks her where'd you bury your daughter's body, the way she answers that is a complete lack of confidence. Every statement yes. she always makes is very straightforward in terms of she, she you know, she she knows what she wants to say, but here she doesn't. She's she's not the same Alana. And he says, All right then, guess I believe you. And I I just love that for some reason because it's like, okay, I guess I believe you. You seem like you are telling the truth, but that doesn't mean that everything is true.
2: And and to that, I think, to what Kale is saying, right, where she is a political, like, uh, she's the political mind, I think she still has the power here or thinks that she still has the power here. But she's starting to realize that maybe it's on the basis of bad information. She has a bad input and yeah, it's causing absolutely. a bad output that she did, didn't realize, and it's contorting everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, real quick, from an art perspective, does she not look exactly like Olivia Munn?
1: I had that thought too, yeah. Especially, uh, uh, well, I guess I had it in issue five. Mm. Uh, she, but yeah, I thought she was uh, the spitting image of Olivia Munn. Yeah,
0: it's, it's good. I like it. Um. Yeah, I, you know, this is probably the first issue that we've read so far where I don't think I have a lot more to add. Um, It's not because nothing happened, but it kind of also is because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So much mm-hmm. of what's taking place is, you know, in the dialogue. It's in the, the, the text and you kind of have to dig in a little bit. But other than that idea that, you know, Adam Strange is the one who's lying. There was nothing here. You know, we do see the progression of Adam Strange's violence, uh, as Kale pointed out, and that was, that. was that's cool and everything. But again, this is another issue where it's like, all right, where are we going? And you have to look, I'm not going to lie. This issue is $5. So if you have <laughs> yeah. purchased every issue of this book, you've spent $30 and you don't know anything. Is it five? Yeah. I got it right here. It's a black label. Five bucks.
2: Damn. Yeah.
0: Art's good, though. Art's tremendous. Art is tremendous. And, you know, that's how you justify, I guess, five bucks because these two are are absolutely killing it. Um, Marco, were there any standout art sequences for you?
2: Bro, the whole book. Hold on. Hold on. Because this shit was wild for me. So those two uh, spreads were
1: crazy.
2: So showing the environment. So it's all about like the temperature, right? Um, Mm. uh, The orange is warm. The blue is cold, right? We got that. But the there's like three different ways that they transition via text, via color, or via panel size. And um, in the opening page, there's the two panels and then the, the title in the center, but she mentions it's a little stuffy in here, right? So it's warm. You go into the next panel. It transitions to this blue. They're like on this precipice. They're chatting about whatever, and then it transitions continuing the blue into another blue section, but it's talking about how it's cold. Then all that- And they're going inside. Uh, well, not yet, but they're they're still working their way, uh, and then they're- uh they talk about in the next sequence is like three other panels where now they're in like the desert region. Um it doesn't necessarily have like a warm or cold hue. Um but because it's on Ron, I just like assumed it's like hot.
0: Warmer. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, warmer. And then in the subsequent panel, so to use this as an example, where is it? Uh over here. So there's it starts off with this cool color here right then we go into the warmer sections the warmer sections and then it transitions from this warmer to this cool back to the warm in the image of the tv because the image of the tv was actually inside of the bar that they were in where it's hot again um and god all of the panels
1: Marco. god damn
2: all of the panels with that they're in the uh that they're talking about like heady stuff is um or like really serious emotional things are in these hot moments. Mm-hmm. So they continue going through this. They keep talk they talk about her her death, uh about or rather about um how Mr. Trific lost his child and then they transition back into the into the war, which uh slowly transitions. Oh, and then in the war piece, this is the one I want that I was talking about with like these invisible three nine panels. So we have here it transitions into from this warm to this cooler section and the page here there aren't any panels necessarily broken out but if you look at the the text bubbles they're all spaced out as if they you could draw a line to partition them into threes mm, yeah and that builds out inherent three panels or nine pan like a nine panel grid on the page but in the next set of sequences which you, which you could also do, is you can take each individual visual moment wait wait so like let's say you had to just cut the subsection of, of where Alana is here that's one panel you or or visually it's just one figure then the central figure is the two and then you can do just with um, Adam Strange alone on one end and it follows that whole pattern all the way down through Where you can slice up each of these individual pieces either artistically uh-huh. or via the text itself so yeah I'm, as I'm reading this, I'm like, yo, holy shit, what the fuck? God uh, damn, dude, that's kill. That is some fucking analysis. And then the last one that I really liked was the war continues to heat up because it's it's all been cool. Yeah. It's all been cool so far. The war starts to heat up because you start to get this more orangey palette. So, like, I'm on – what is this page? Page 17. So, from 16 to 17, it gets warmer, it warmer. Everything's heating up to the point where – The, the panel starts to get really, really, really small until it gets cold again, and it transitions back from the heat of the battle of the war into this like cold section again. Uh, and then they just start sort of talking about, um, what happens on, what happens on Ron, which I think doesn't carry the same kind of heat because based off of the misinformation might be a lie. So everything that she's talking about, about how, like, Adam was, he's, you know, he saves the day, he wasn't so vulnerable then, doesn't have the kind of heat of the conversation that they had in the first set of, uh, when they were inside the bar. I don't know that it's a lie. Well, misinformation on her end. I think it's passive.
1: I think if yeah, you look, yeah. if you look, uh, so in, like, the war bits, like you were pointing out, they're in it. They're acting, they're moving, they're, uh, they're just... The autopilot, basically.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's uh, that's what I'm based on your analysis. That's what I'm reading here. It's like, oh okay. yeah, same thing that always happens. Adam saves the day, of course. But when it gets hot again, is when Adam acts. Hmm.
2: Okay, I did that. Yes, yes, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, because that that's the three,
0: two, one, pew thing. Let me. Uh let me take us in a slightly different direction here. Um, so, this last conversation between Alana and uh, Mr. Terrific. Yeah. Um, so, the, the, at the start of that, is she trying to have sex with him?
2: I thought at, like that she was trying to use that, where she's like, you're not going to bite me in, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, I wondered if she was trying to catch him as i don't necessarily know if it was that she uh you know was trying to have sex with him as much as she wanted him to invite her in right
0: okay i see that mm-hmm. um and then she gives him what he wants or you know what she thinks he wants which is an answer as to you know basically what what their war crimes were
1: marco and her hat and gloves are yellow, which is not as hot as Mister Terrific's red. Mister Terrific knows what the fuck is going on.
2: Oh, god damn, Marco, you've cracked it! <laughs> fuck. Oh, interesting. That's cool. That's actually yeah. That is actually really cool. And, go, and
1: going, he's going into the building where his color warm. gets warm.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, that was gonna call god. out. That was the last thing I was gonna call out. Hmm yeah on artistic level all cylinders this shit this shit had me going holy shit throughout man
1: that's your whoa that analysis got me actually that got (laughs) me
2: fired up for this book i had to reread it because like i skipped through all the text i was just looking at the
0: pages damn dude love it
2: so yeah strange adventures um mixed emotions on the writing though I think there's a lot there but on the art level bro. then
1: beyond that next bit where she gets shot down it's mostly cool colors except where she shot because that's what she knows happened and then uh, Adam's bits are in blue uh, because she doesn't necessarily know what happened
2: mm. okay yes yes that's, the, that's where the collective memory stops mm. interesting
0: okay um well Strange Adventures winning on the art still in the race on the writing front I really (laughs) feel like if issue 7 doesn't um flip the script it's gonna start to be unjustifiable that's that's how I feel um I do love that the creators have the space to do the kind of thing that Marco and Kale broke down um, I love that, but I don't think it 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 has to be twelve issues to get to do those things, um, especially when they've skimped in so many places in terms of panels. But yeah, um, yeah, good stuff. One thing that bothers
1: me are the uh, quotes from the various older creators, very specifically yeah. about comics. Like I don't
0: get I, I, it. I don't see how it fits. Yeah. Yeah, this last one for me maybe it went over my head, but I just thought it was silly. Um, From Marie Severin. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, you know, without the context of what she was talking about or how that relates to this, it's just words.
1: Well, it's you know, the the mass murder dismembering scene is
0: all that it's about.
1: It seems like it's it's a a cheeky quote basically. But I don't get it. Yeah. I
0: yeah, just weird. Yeah. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal number four. Um, this is by Scott Scream King Snyder. Nice. And Greg the Muscle Capullo with inks by Jonathan Bloodied <laughs> Galapion, uh and colors by FCO Demon Lord Plasencia with letters by Tom Tower Cord. Power, cord. power 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 cord. yeah did i say that you said tower court <laughs> oh oh whoops okay yeah yeah <laughs> um and for this review uh i am actually sean slipknot bartley joined by kale
2: lincoln continental
0: <laughs> <laughs> And Marco...
2: Marco Macho Caliente cunelada
0: Oof! Fire. All right. So now that we are all meddled up, let's talk about the book, shall we? Um, I feel like this is issue six in the sense that I feel like this event has been going on for a long time. And... <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of stuff that's happened because there was the uh, the special the 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 crisis one the Trinity Crisis yeah which totally was like an issue of this um, and these are dense these are dense comics you know so it it feels like we've been reading this for a while and so much has happened that being said I think this issue was pretty damn good
1: man. I just can't get into this book. Sure. <laughs> I try. I I had to catch up. I had to. I had to read four issues of. Well, I guess it. Ha- I read. I read. Um, Death Metal Three, Trinity Crisis, and uh, Speed, Metal. Speed Metal. Um, a- and the tie-ins I really really liked, but I just man, I just can't get it. It's just too much.
2: Gr- Grandpa Kale can't hang there's just like a lot that's consistently going on. And I think because I don't have a second to breathe on a lot of it, mm. it kind of like, I get a little bit down on it because I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, it's just barreling energy forward. And, yeah. and, and I, I think, need a sorry, go yeah, ahead. I just, I just think I need like a little bit of a break to be like, all right, but like, and, and it does that kind of with like this, these three panels at the very start where like, this is where everything sort of sits. But still I need like, uh, I feel a slow issue or something,
1: and I feel like that was the benefit of the uh, the the break that they gave us with the the three other books: um, Speed Metal, Trinity Crisis, and there was another one. Um, but it's just so much.
0: It's it's too much. It feels overstuffed when you have tie-ins that are, I mean. That Trinity Crisis issue, there's no way that was a tie-in. That that's just silly. (laughs) That I mean, if you didn't read that book, you have absolutely no idea what's happening here, right? Like,
1: well, and it was amazing because in Death Metal Three, the scene that the Trinity Crisis begins in, and you know, it takes up like half the book, is. Done in the blink of an eye.
2: Yeah,
1: in Death
0: Metal Three, yeah. it's just uh, it's a lot. It is a lot, and so for me, because I didn't read Speed Metal and I didn't read whatever the third one was, Multiverses I don't, I don't, End. Right. Um. I just went with the um with the other one, the Trinity Crisis, which we read on the show. Um. I skipped, not skipped, but like I just didn't think about the things that I couldn't understand. If yes. it didn't seem like I was supposed to know based on things that I had already read, I just was like, okay, whatever. I'm not paying attention to this thing, mm-hmm. And that's not a good way to read a book. I shouldn't have to do that. Um, but I did because I just don't feel like investing so much time and effort into this event other than the actual issues. You know, I I don't know. I just I'm not I don't want to do that. But. That being said, I love Superboy Prime here.
2: Uh, I don't, shout out to Ambush Bug because that was the highlight for me.
1: Yeah, you would fucking like Ambush Bug, you fucking Ambush Bug.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know he was in this issue. What? He's
1: he's in literally. He he's who picks up Sergeant Rock at the very beginning. Oh okay. That that nothing moment was Marco's highlight. <laughs> <of it. laughs>
2: Best known to the book.
0: Um Yeah, Superboy Prime, I, I, I don't know how popular he is within the wider comics community, but I love the fact that he's just he just loves traditional superheroes. He just loves that golden age goodness. He loves heroes that always win, and he's simply corrupted by the fact that things got dirty. You know, that I think that's really cool and very interesting. And I appreciated him here a lot. I felt sad for him because there's nothing wrong with what he wants. Um, What's wrong is how he's going about getting it. Um, And that was done so effectively in that event in Infinite Crisis. Um, And I think Scott Snyder was able to grab on to what made that good as it relates to this character and apply it here.
2: So that's like his actual character. Like that's yeah. his whole deal is that the Golden Age is the age. So yeah, yeah so Interesting.
1: In the in the Golden Age there was a, a Superman title and then there was a Superboy title, which is where you get into I think is which is where you get into No, nope, that's not true. Um I was going to say it's where you get into Superboy and the Legion and and all that, but that's that's I don't think that's what that is. It's a it was a whole separate like Life for Clark Kent, and in Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, they rescue him um, as they're like dusting up the rest of uh, the multiverse. And Earth 2 Superman and Earth 2 Lois Lane, Alexander Luthor, and Superboy Prime uh, go off and live in the Ether of the multiverse or whatever, and he gets so mad about the the state of the multiverse that what prompts Infinite Crisis is that he shatters uh, the Great Barrier Wall or the Continuity Wall
0: or whatever the, the fuck they called wall,
1: it. Right? Uh, was it
0: the Source Wall? It's the Source Wall now. Like that's what that's what that's the barrier that was broken that allowed Perpetua through, I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was called that then, or if it was that. Then.
1: I don't think it was. I, okay. I, think it was some, I think it was something different.
0: In any event, yeah, you're right. Um, that's Yeah, that's the quick history for Superboy Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved his interactions with Wonder Woman. I, I just thought all that was really brilliant. And if this issue was only that, I would have been very satisfied. Yeah. Um, I also really liked, believe it or not, the Robin King. I yeah. did not.
1: Wasn't okay, crazy about it. I just, I felt like he, uh,
0: his, his
1: voice was annoying to me.
0: <laughs> it was just uh, plot,
1: you know. <laughs> garbage.
0: What? I'm, I'm laughing because he is annoying as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it for some reason. Like, there's the way he talks is so aggravating. But. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like... he's like, <laughs> It's a Harley Quinn says. Um, just let Hex go. There's nothing left of, of him to hurt. And Robin Kin's like... I feel like... I feel that's kind of a negative way of looking at things. Maybe I'm just young and naive. But I like to think there's always something left to hurt. Like, <laughs> like he's just a dumbass.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Oh. And it, it
1: felt like... For me, his, this character was just so much of that same level of bullshit that Scott Snyder piles on Batman. Well, I've got a way to defeat everybody in my utility belt. Right.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Um, I guess it was, it was more just his characterization, just like a completely annoying brat, but who's killing him with kindness type of thing. Um, i i kind of i kind of dug it um I didn't care at all for Batman versus Mobius or whatever that was that's dark side isn't it uh no, no no
2: that's Mobius
0: yeah uh Superman is is, is facing off with uh future dark side from final crisis
1: oh I thought this was like baby dark side or whatever
0: yeah, we we didn't know who that was uh, before. Oh yeah, the real
1: Mobius is what it says. Yeah, okay. um,
0: and I I didn't care for that, and the the Dark Side stuff was fine. But you know, I've seen Dark Side fifty thousand times. I don't I don't know that that's so much more compelling here now versus the other times we've seen it. Um, but the end result is we do get uh, our superheroes back in the main line continuity they brought superboy prime with with them that's cool i don't know how that's going to develop um but i can't see how he could stick around long term that i mean um i don't see how that goes well um yeah and then and then they got the mobius chair flash flash yeah carries around the mobius chair yeah so they yeah. got they got
1: back together with the flashes and yeah, that's where that comes from.
0: Yeah.
2: Cool. The um I uh, I don't understand how Wonder Woman gets out of those the big antenna thing cuz she's like stuck at for a while. She's just kind of there going, "Don't do this, Prime. If you empower this monster." And she's just kind of like stuck there, but then at some point she's just free she and, just
1: kind of leans forward and
2: yeah i was kind of confused i'm like wait how does that what is what's going on there and then she just fights him and it's like all right well now you've been convinced to punch the what was it punch the, mul- the multiverse back in the right way
0: whoa yeah that uh i did yeah
1: i didn't i didn't clock that that's a good
2: <laughs> she literally just like leans forward yeah uh okay did I miss something he's like nope all
0: right wow um oh he I think he 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 grabbed her and threw her
2: nope no on no page... she leans
0: forward
1: and then comes out of the the thing
2: yeah because he's uh,
1: uh, he seems to be a, a good distance away from her
2: yeah on page eight uh, nineteen he's like away he's gra- he has the the cube and then. The next page, she's still up there. He's down there by the control panels. And then she's just behind him on page 21.
0: No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. I, I don't have an explanation for that. Weird. Um. Yeah. Again, a, a stuffed issue. Uh, some of it was really cool. I enjoyed it for the most part. But again, this issue for me hinged on the Robin King stuff and the Superboy Prime stuff, I could throw everything else away. I don't need it. Um, it's just it's just a lot. And that's been my issue with Metal, is that it, it, it consistently feels like Snyder is taking every single idea he has and doing no curation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it works when it works. you know. Right. And for Pete, who's not here right now, this series has not missed yet. And that's cool. But for me... It's just it's just too much um
2: had well swamp thing looks dope so that's a good yeah. thing that's that's <laughs> never an issue uh I had two questions at the the very first page that's dr Manhattan fighting whatever right in the bat in the very like bottom panel
0: on the first page mm-hmm. oh uh,
2: right that's what I, we're supposed I to think to
0: so. Uh, I would yeah. imagine oh, it's oh, not. I, it, it, I think if it was, they would have more prominently yeah, formed. Sh- Surely that would be a bigger deal. Yeah.
1: I wonder if it's like, oh, I, I think it's Captain Adam, actually.
0: Yeah. Dr. Manhattan has been infused into the the Darkest Night or whatever that guy's name is anyway.
1: Oh, well, the, the, the Batman Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Our oh. our Dr. Manhattan as I
0: understand it, is in Wally West. Um, yeah. Yeah. Something goofy like that. <laughs> Something insane. Uh, yeah. And then what think, was your other question?
2: And then the last 52. How, what did you guys feel about that? I thought it was a little cheesy. I laughed. Boy. <laughs> okay.
1: And that, yeah, that was for me. I, I, I had an audible groan. I mean, okay. All right. <laughs> We're just we're just throwing shit at the wall. Just not an original idea. It, floating around DC, like.
2: But uh, weren't all of the or maybe this is just all the bad unit multiverses? But weren't all of them have been destroyed so far because of everything that's going on in this book?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what gives you that impression?
2: I could have sworn that was the whole thing. They're trying to save like the last remaining universe or is it only the dark multiverses that have the ones that have been combining or, or was that the other metal
0: <laughs> those so those um in the other metal the 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 multiverses that spawned the evil batman the dark those multiverses universes. yeah they got annihilated right and the the man who la- the batman who laughs sucked out those batmen to this world right and then in this one, they've been culling the rest of the multiverses. I assume what he means is that there's, oh. this is the last 52 of those multiverses.
2: Gotcha. Okay, okay. I thought those had been done with already.
0: Okay. Or maybe I'm completely fucking wrong. <laughs> this, <laughs> this event is insane, and I'm struggling to keep up. Um, you know, there's missed tie and and this zaniness all around. Like I don't even, I don't even necessarily read uh, Sergeant Rock's dialogue. I don't care at all. I really don't. It's like I read, book, I man. obviously read it, but I just like I gloss over it. I don't think about it. I don't care. Right. Um, and then this other, jo- I guess it's Jonah Hex. He's he lost his head. Don't care what he says either. Like I, <laughs> you know, there's just I don't know certain things I'm not interested in.
1: Did you um, see they're doing? Um, did you did you guys get this ad for um, an original score?
0: Yes, yeah, I was going to bring that up. That's oh, right, okay. Name. Yeah. Um, there's an original score, and it's actually going to be voiced by some pretty interesting people. So a lot of these I won't know, um, but uh, we've got Andy Biersack. From Black veil Brides. Uh he's the lead singer over there. Uh Chelsea Wolf. Oh, he'll be doing Batman. Uh Chelsea Wolf will be doing Wonder Woman. Uh she is a Doom Metal Singer songwriter.
2: No, no, no. Cool. She's a folk doom metal singer songwriter. Oh, yeah, I would that'd love wild. to hear
0: that genre. Folk yeah.
1: Doom Metal. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's like goth <laughs> cottage <laughs> core.
0: Cottage core. Uh, David Hasselhoff will be voicing Superman. That's of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Charles Fleischer will be the Batman Who Laughs. He's Roger Rabbit. Whoa! Yeah. Um, Whoa! Jason Jason R. Moore will be the Darkest Knight. That's Curtis Hoyle. He was in The Punisher, but I'm not sure who he played. Um, Was he Curtis Hoyle? Is the character name. Oh! of course but of course I'm not I guess I'm not sure who Cor- who Curtis Hoyle was, was. On oh, the oh, oh, oh oh oh, oh. Yeah. I misspoke there um Fred Corey as The Flash uh he's the drummer for glam metal band Cinderella Oh, awesome. I had to look, look some of these people up yeah it's not
2: rad as hell especially Cinderella glam metal I don't know what that is <laughs> I, I think I'm into it it's like hair metal it's like a spinoff. really and then yeah sick
0: And then our very own Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo will voice Robin King and Sergeant Rock, respectively. Scott Snyder as Robin King, based on the dialogue in this book, seems absolutely perfect. That would be interesting. And Greg Capullo is Sergeant Rock in another life. Absolutely. In this (laughs) life. (laughs) So, yeah. Very cool. Um, We didn't talk about the art. I personally... Don't have anything more to say about any art that Greg Capullo does. It's always awesome, it's incredible. What are you going It's say? always yeah. Like I, I wish I could highlight something specific, but I can't. There was nothing that really stood out to to me beyond just overall awesome.
2: Yeah, as ever. Yeah, you're not getting this kind of analysis from uh, uh, a strange. Oh, was it Strange Adventures level? It was just good. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They're just not doing
0: that here.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: all right you guys ready you ready to to to, to oh we're packing up yeah you guys Sweet. ready to talk about uh yes yeah, see, see you see oh. you next week
2: oh wait, is there another one
0: yeah yeah there is there is there's oh, actually one more really yes. you know what the thing is
1: so it's rorschach right it can be whatever you want it to be
0: <laughs> so it could be the end of the show yep <laughs> <laughs> for me
1: it's dinner i don't know about you guys
0: Well, uh, I'll get you back to uh, eating with your wife and dog real soon, but we, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, do have to speak about Rorschach number one. This, of course, the hotly anticipated book by Tom King, Jorge Fornes, and Dave Stewart, Um, and Clayton Cowles on letters, tremendous as ever. Now, this book has been raked over the coals pretty hard. Um, And we're going to do some more. And not just on this show. (laughs) Well, I want to say before we start, I want to preface. I don't think it's fair to judge a book based on what it's not. I don't think it's fair to judge a book based on The outside realities that don't have anything to do with creative. Uh, A lot of people have been taking this book to task for the fact that, you know, of course, all of the Alan Moore elements and the fact that, you know, they're continuing Mm. to publish Watchmen books. People take it to task for the fact that it's not HBO's Watchmen. I saw a review that criticized it for not yeah. I saw a review criticizing it for not having any uh, minority characters in it, even though the Watchmen series was chock full of them. To me, those are criticisms that are not valid. Um, You cannot say, well, this issue is bad because it doesn't have minority characters in it. It's the first comic book issue. Um, And it's telling a different story. You can't say this issue is bad because it shouldn't exist. Okay, well, it does. And you don't have to like that it does, but it does. And you should judge it on its merits. Um, Now, whether it has merits, whether it's a good comic book on its own, you could hate it. But I don't think that it's fair to sit and type a review on a reputable website where you're trashing the book for things outside of the creator's control. Yeah, get a podcast like the rest of us. (laughs) So with that being said, I'm assuming you guys hated it. Let's get started.
2: Hold on, Sean. Let me just finish really quick. I'm just <laughs> give me one second. I'm almost, <laughs> not. I swear, I got So close.
1: Don't forget to okay, f- okay. Don't forget to format the italics.
2: And- oh, you're so right. Hold on, wait. Got it. Okay. You got I your in article links. Uh, let me see. Oh, I gotta optimize it for SEO and for yeah, three images too.
0: Mark. That's right. Oh yeah, the li- don't forget the links. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What were the... No, Stupid I, fucking... <laughs> I hate that goddamn website. Uh, <laughs> so right. I got a funny story to remind you guys about after we're done here. Uh, I, go ahead, Marco.
2: I, I want to start with the positive, and I think the positive was... Great. Let's get the smallest thing out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the art. The art here is really good, really solid. I think um, the style for a noir book... I don't know that I've read anything by um, Fornes before. I know Dave Stewart. I I, I love his colors, um, but I think it fit the the style of like as a derivative of. Um, oh my God! I'm blanking his name. Chris uh, and me? No, no, the original artist. Oh, uh, uh, Brian Ball and Dave. No, not uh, Dave, Dave, Dave Gibbons. Gibbons. Like I think, as a derivative of Dave Gibbons, and not like in the sense of this is Apogon's style, but I think as an evolution of that style Mm, and an adaptation of it, I think it it works. I think I think that's a good thing, and uh, I think that they, for what we presume, uh, the Rorschach character to be, this noir style also fits really well, and I like the combination of those two things. I this is this is to me what comics. this is what is emblematic for me of comics is this sort of a, of a style. It's somewhat cartoonish, but at the same time it can portray emotion and faces and, and like some sort of form. And I think that that does a really good job all throughout. I think it's paced well artistically. Um, There's like one issue that I have from a continuity perspective, uh, like an art continuity perspective that um, I have issue with, but otherwise I think, the way that they're portraying everything and considering this is also like the future. Cause we're in 2020 in this book. I think the, the idea that um, which is consistent in all iterations of either any sort of future, like even in the HBO watchman thing where they consider everything still stuck in this sort of analog era. I appreciate it. That, that was a good attention to detail, you know, with, with the tapes, with the sort of advertisements, the television, I think the pager all that stuff was, was a good attention to detail, and I think they did a, a good job uh, of doing that stuff.
0: Right. Uh go ahead,
1: Kale. <sighs> uh I don't know, man. It feels like more tonking bullshit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go off, King.
1: I just I mean it feels like the first issue of Strange Adventures. I you know. Hey, that's a good book. Well well. Not issue one. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have picked this up were we not doing it for the show. I guess my the thing for me is I, I would like to know who the detective is because Tom Tom King's whole thing is the detective is who you think it is. So now I'm like, well, shit. Who do I think it is? What do you mean? That's what Tom King says. The detective is who you think it is. Huh? But he's not named in this whole book.
2: Right, right. I know that. I was gonna, I was asked about that. But wait, I guess I'm confused as to what you what you you mean. Is that something that Tom King has like tweeted or said or something? He literally said, said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? He said
1: it in one of the back matter um, interviews in I think it might have been Strange Adventures. Uh does he say it in the back of this one? Uh, no. Oh, that's because it's Jorge Fornes. Uh, so, is it Bruce Wayne? <laughs> is it Columbo? <laughs> Surely it's not Owl man.
0: He'd be too old. Um, I think it's Tom King. No, come on. I'm not even joking. I really think it's Tom King. Damn. All right, I like that. So, I don't know if you guys caught it. I know some people on the internet did notice, but there are several in-universe, no joke, references to actual comic book creators all over this book.
1: Yep, Auto Auto B- Binder was uh, the first one I noticed. He Frank created Frank Miller's.
0: Yeah, Frank Miller. But-
1: yep. Uh Autobinder created um Supergirl and was very influential to how we know Shazam and the Captain Marvel family.
0: Yeah. So these are all real people that actually exist mm. and um they're here. And uh I know there was a, a reference to the death of was it Autobinder's daughter? Um,
1: uh, uh, we would like to contact the Spirit Man and call for Mary Binder, my daughter. Right. So yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people were were. Uh, there, I shouldn't say a lot of people. I saw some people were upset that they were that they were invoking uh, that very real issue, that very personal thing, because uh, she really did die. Um, mm-hmm. For That's the story. True. Yeah, you know what? That's not great. Well, let's... So so here, okay. I won't say that I necessarily, like, loved this issue. I thought it was fine. I thought it yeah. was Tom King. I thought it was, you know, was what it was. And it sets up an interesting, you know, murder mystery. It's run-of-the-mill thus far.
1: Should we talk about the end cliffhanger before you you get into whatever you're going to say? or Go for it. So, the last panel is that the fingerprints of the dead Rorschach match Walter Kovacs. Right. And I rolled my eyes again.
0: See, I think everything in this book so far is a red herring. I don't. Feel like anything that we've seen, we can take at face value, and that's a, been a problem that I've had with the reviews that I've seen as well. Um, for example, there's a reference in this book. Uh, I'm trying to find it. So when when they're talking about the mask, right? Mm. Uh, and it said uh, the mask is, is cheap, just you know, store bought <coughs> Halloween stuff. And then and then uh, the person says. But there's a million of these things. It's a pretty popular costume, even after Oklahoma. Now, if you take that at face value, that that seems like a reference to HBO's Watchmen. But what if I told you it doesn't have to be? What if I told you Tom King could be pulling your strings just like any other story? Why this rush to assumption? Why don't we just pump the brakes and just look at what's here? Forget what you know, and just take this thing in. You know, like um, with the creators, right? Like there were, like people were upset. Like, oh, did did Otto Binder know that that they were gonna do this? It's so disrespectful. What if he did know? You know, should Tom King tell you that? I don't think he should. I don't think I don't, he has to. I don't think Otto Binder's alive, right? Like, who cares? You know. Um, so for me. The issue sets up something that I'm I'm intrigued by. Not overly intrigued by, I'm mildly intrigued. Yeah. I like the fact that Redford is still the president and it looks like he's gonna lose. And there was an assassination attempt uh, that, that went on. You know, those are those are those are interesting things and it's in Tom King's wheelhouse in a way that Strange Adventures at face value isn't, and that Batman certainly isn't at face value isn't. This feels like the kind of thing, the kind of story that I want to read from Tom King. Um does it start off slow? Yeah, nothing happens in this issue. But what happened in the first issue of anything by Tom King? You know, nothing. Like I just I don't know. that's kind of kind of how it goes. It's a comic book, it's Tom King. We know these things. And it's a mystery.
1: Even worse. Like right. a mystery's gotta start off with a murder.
0: Yeah. That's
1: all you Um, get. It's the first issue. Exactly. I
2: I don't know if the politician relates to anybody specifically either because there is a Jonathan Truly and he presided over the impeachment stuff for uh, Trump. Um, And if that's like an angle that they're going for, for Redford, they're trying to maybe impeach him and he's the next political figure they're in. Um, That's the only connection that I can make to like because I I didn't realize auto binder stuff. I just wanted to mention like the other political, like other real life person that I thought it connected to.
0: So you're saying John Turley is a real person? Yeah, Jonathan okay. Turley. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Cool. You know, like, sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't have. a I didn't come here prepped with a deep analysis. I don't have like tremendously thoughtful things to say about this book because I don't think that there was that much to really chew on. Now, if someone knows more than me, I'm open to it. But what I will say is that I love the art. I thought Fornes did a, did a tremendous job. The sequence uh towards the end the gunfight sequence, I thought that was really well done. Um and and you know, and I'm a sucker for for like a ton of panels. I think it works when it works. Um I mean, my God, there was a 12-panel a 12, a 12 grid in this book. Um, in fact, there was, there, were, there was more than one. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought the shootout sequence looked really good. Um, and in general, I just thought this was a very, very good-looking book. Um, and as for everything else, wait and see.
2: There was one uh, visual and artistic thing that I don't know if it was intentional. Um, but on the page was this, 23, they have, you see like the nostalgia is kind of like tucked away behind the, the Heinz baked beans. But yeah. also if you read the poem and include this image, this billboard into the actual poem, it ends up rhyming. So he says, yay, Pontius pirate sailed over the seven seas. And when he was done, he got down on his knees. He prayed, he prayed, oh Lord, what hast I done? Pontius pirate war of the West Indies coming 2021. <laughs> huh, I was like oh that was cute and then and then he actually ends the text version not enough God answered not enough my son I don't know if that was intentional but that was the only like artistic thing I was like oh that's cute
0: yeah and like the baked beans thing that's kind of you know that's kind of nice the nostalgia thing mm-hmm. could be a reference to HBO's Watchmen could not be a reference to HBO's Watchmen
2: well, we don't n- know. nostalgia was in the book anyway as billboards
0: yeah right yeah. true yes yeah um, but like it could it could be because again, the, the the argument is, oh, this is clearly r- related to HBO's Watchmen. Mm. Maybe it's not. Um, and the and as far as the Rorschach goes, like we saw a preview image of this book that shows all of them together, alive. The, the obviously Watchmen, the Watchmen people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like obviously that's not that's not really going to happen in this book. So you know this is this is less of a review i guess because there's not a ton to review and more in my from my perspective of like a pump the brakes let's take it easy i thought the dialogue was strong i thought it was strong i liked it i was into it he he did a good job of setting up different things for you to look at you know he turned your attention to different people and different situations fairly well he put a uh, suspicion on the um who was this guy the uh, the security the security guy uh, who answered the phone and the and the, clearly the way he answered that and the way they responded just was not right it didn't make any sense um, so now you're like well is he in on it maybe um, I don't know I liked it
2: in the very last page there's two panels that stick out that don't have any continuity with each other and um, so this one, for example, the first two, it's the one Rorschach face, the corner one, and then the one right underneath. That's the same image leaning forward, of uh, Will Myerson leaning down. Then there's the bloodied mask. Uh, on the other side is Rorschach, who, the, the the fake Rorschach, who's kind of like on his knees. Um, and then on the bottom of here, the Kovacs. He's it's a it's a mugshot, and then it's also his his profile that connects. And the very bottom one is of the unnamed detective. But the center one with the 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 body and the, I guess... The pirate. The pirate one are the only two that don't actually connect anything. So I don't know if that was also like a flag for anything. Um. Oh, well, no. I guess they're supposed to be the same person, right? They. The, the person who was the Pontius Pirate and the... Because he's Will Meyerson, right?
0: I, or did Will Myerson create that?
2: I think
1: Will I, Myerson created that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I had the same thought you did when I first read this, and I had to, I had to double back. I believe Will Myerson was just the creator. Oh, yeah, he's William Myerson. He's a little famous, I guess. He's the guy who created Pontius Pirate back in the sixties. Oh, I pa- see. I see. Pontius, Pontius. Oh, Pontius. So
2: Pontius. then, so then, but the guy in the the mask wasn't is as, as well, isn't he?
0: It allegedly, he's
1: one of the suspects.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's how it kind of connects to those. Never mind. So maybe those two don't stand out actually.
0: And and the prints on the body were Walter Kovacs' prints, right? Yeah. But they're saying that was potentially Will Meyerson. So you know, things are things are wrong. And, right. And and you know that to me that's intriguing. I don't know. Um. But yeah. I I I'll be reading this until I get a clear cut uh reason not to. You know, if, if it turns out in two, three issues that this is just bad, then I'm out. You know, five issue books, not really loving that. But yeah, yeah I'm here for the time being. Is this uh isn't this a twelve? This is. Yeah, I just Four. mean like maybe in two or three issues I realize it's bad and I drop off. Oh,
1: yeah. You're you're not into five issues finally picking up. Is what you mean, right? Exactly. Or issue five picking up?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And five and five dollar issues for me to have to wait four or five issues for it to get somewhere. It's like, come on, man! Could you, for that same exact price, you could buy a whole graph like a like a graphic novel of, of something that you you know you really want to read that you haven't yet. So I don't know, something to think about. Yeah,
2: um, I I kind of sit there with you where it's like, all right, I'm I'm in it for the art, Tom King. Uh, I'm gonna see where it goes with him, but I uh, I need I need more. This I don't know that this was even enough to intrigue me necessarily. It was more of like, all right, I get it that he's setting stuff up. Uh, let's see where that where that ends up going because that's been his mo for a while now.
0: Yeah, exactly, and. So I feel like it's much ado about nothing, ultimately. If we like it, hey, we like it. If we don't, whatever. Um, so we made it. We got through all six of our reviews. Woo! Yeah. And uh hopefully you guys listening enjoyed them. I miss jokes. Eh, well, they're gone. COVID. What? What? The yeah. It's just a case. I, he didn't he didn't die. I hope the COVID didn't take jokes. Oh, no. After we turn off the mics, I suggest you make another phone call.
1: (gasps) Oh, no.
0: Yeah. Well, guess we should get you out of here then, buddy. Oh, man. Uh, Let us know your thoughts about these books. Surely you guys out there have to have picked one of these books at least up this week. So write in share your thoughts, let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, and what you'd like to hear us review more of. Do you want us to continue with Rorschach? Let us know. Are you over it and don't want to hear about it? Let us know. I um, will. <laughs> <laughs> that email from kale.lord06 or whatever your email is. Fucking,
1: yeah, dox me, thanks. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> My business one, too. I am going to make a whole new one.
2: <laughs> Shit can be found on Rollercoaster Ave in Luxembourg. (laughs)
1: Goddamn, shut up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can hit us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can get us on social media at thecomicspals. You can get us on youtube.com slash thecomicspals. While you're over there, make sure you guys subscribe. Leave us a comment. Share this video with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out so much more than they cost you head over to your podcast listening platform of choice and make sure that you guys are leaving us a review. If you like what we do and you want to support, as of right now, those are the easiest and best ways to uh, to help us out. So head over there and do those things. We really appreciate it. Uh, like I said earlier, we've got the Sandman Book Club on the horizon. Get ready Next if week. you are a fan or you haven't checked that out yet before. Uh, you've got some time. You've got some lead way. So go check that out. Dropping uh, next week. Yes, right? sir. Yep. So uh, do that. And uh, listen to these plugs. Go ahead, Kill.
1: You can find Pete at loud underscore Pete. He's got a video game podcast. Uh, is it the podcast? Yep. I got this yes. wrong last week. They do Nintendo shit. Um, and it's fun. Uh, he's got a band, the long friend, time friend. They're good. Go buy their stuff on Bandcamp. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Toto TotoInto. Uh, that's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Uh, read Chainsaw Man. Watch Ultraman Z on YouTube. Ultraman what? Zed. Zed. Z-E-D? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's written Ultraman Z, but I guess in Japan they say Zed.
2: Yeah, I've
0: heard that before.
2: Mm. I know they do in Britain, but, and I Canada, I think. Well, it's wrong because America is where it matters. Listen, of
1: course it's wrong, but.
2: <laughs> and you can find what me at Mr. Marco Anemoto on Instagram and Twitter. Come talk to me about, ooh, I started Attack on Titan, and it's good.
1: Isn't Attack on Titan super anti-Semitic?
2: Is uh, that the one? I don't think that anyone is Jewish.
1: I think well. I think it's a giant like Jewish Holocaust uh,
0: allegory. No. Does that make I, it anti-Semitic?
1: Well, I think it. Uh, no, not not that in particular. But I think there are anti-Semitic elements. I've I've never read it, but I've heard a lot of criticism from like it? a lot of like academic circles that it's very anti-Semitic.
2: Oh no, I've I've not uh, I've not experienced any of that stuff. Like like uh, at least like any like uh, analogy to that degree um, I feel like if anything it's the opposite
0: Marco don't defend just stop don't buy it put it down yeah it quit reading it it's anti-semitic
2: oh what but guys what if there's an alternate opinion no, no. put it down I gotta stop it's over it's anti-semitic ah, no bro alright alright I gotta I guess I'll stop reading it or watching it
0: don't do it. you're watching one. it too I was. I
2: was. Don't you do your research? I I didn't know. Jesus, I I need help, guys. I didn't know.
0: See what I do? (laughs) (laughs) What I do when I'm gonna get into something new, right? Is I take the name of what I'm getting into, and then I try I test it against every ism, and if (laughs) nothing comes up, then I know I can read it or engage with it. But if something comes up, guess I gotta pass. That's just me, though.
1: What's the ism? Would this be racism?
0: Anti-Semitism. Oh, good one. Okay, yeah.
1: Which is oh, good one? alright, alright. All right. <laughs> I just want to make sure I understood. Oh, good one. I just want to make sure I understood. One. That's the good one. Oh, no, no, wait!
0: <laughs> oh, man. You
1: can find Phil at Cyborg Bebop. That's C-Y-B-O-R-G B-E-B-O
0: Can I ask you, why did you plug Phil after we just laughed about anti-Semitism?
1: To break the tension of my accidental racism. (laughs) (laughs) And move on.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. (laughs) hit me up to talk about the books you're excited about i am loving comics going back to the comic store finally has been reinvigorating and re-energizing on a lot of levels and i'm so motivated so if there's anything you're into right now hit me up let's chat with that we are the comics pal signing off take care guys bye
1: He's, he's what oh no
0: jokes